Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Welcome, everyone. We have another special podcast. This is a longtime friend, legend. I, I can't wait for this. I've been looking forward to this. JJ Reed, what's going on, my friend? How are you? How we doing, sir? Top of the morning in the in the in the Rona times. In the Rona times, crazy times. So uh, we I, I, we're gonna get to a lot of things. Let me just first ask, with where you are, with what's going on, what what is happening? What's your take on this? And then we can move on because this is you know it has been four months now. But or, I just want to know, like, what for you specifically, where you are? Is, how is it impacting you, and what's happening in your area? I live in a. Uh, Orange County, California, Dana Point, California, on the border between Dana Point and Laguna Beach. Um, we had just we had just reopened back up where like restaurants and like the art, you know, we're built on tourism, Laguna Beach and all that kind of stuff. So we had just opened back up like the hotels were doing good. And, you know, I mean, be honest, a lot of people didn't follow the social distancing. You know, you would go to some bars in Newport and they would be packed on top of each other. And, you know, for the most part, for the first three months, I took it. I took it seriously. I, t- you know, I was like, man, it's a, it's a quarantine, and I took it seriously. I only went one place, went to like Palm Springs with my other, my other friends that were quarantined too. And then, like, you know, I went out, uh, went out Saturday night. I, and I saw was, on your on Instagram, I saw that you guys were you got tested at before you guys were hanging out. We get, we get, we this is this is the testing headquarters. You got you, you, you guys were testing like with like a official stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got a guy, I got a guy, I got a guy that comes to the house. He owns a testing clinic. Shout out to Alex. You know, he comes out here and he te- he, he tests us. If you hang out around me and my people, you got to get tested before you come to the uh, to, to Monarch. And that's just how, and that's just how it is. Like we don't, we don't, we we take it very, we take it very seriously. And so every time I've been tested eight, nine times, my neighbor, my next door neighbor, like all my, all my shit sounds crazy, but my shit be real. My next door neighbor is the mayor of Dana Point. He called me one day and was like, "Yo, JJ, he's like, you need to come meet this guy. He needs some help. He needs some help. Yeah, he needs some connections. He's got testing. He says, gives me the whole story. I can go over there." At first, I'm like, what's going on? You know, what's popping? He's like, yo, he's like, I own these, you know, I'm part owner in these four labs, and this is what we're doing. These are the problems that we're encountering with the test, da 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 Can you help me out? So I immediately click in my head two, three people that could probably help him get past the things, you know, the, the things, the hurdles that he's facing. And I was like, look, I'm going to help you. I don't need no money, but I do want testing. I said, you got to test me and my family at any time, at any time, anybody we need. And he was like, all right, cool. So, I, man, we, we've been cool. He, he comes to my house. After when he gets off of work, he brings 10, 15 test kits. We test 10 to 15 people, whoever's hanging out, to see if you already had the COVID, to see if you got currently COVID. And, it, you know, that. It, t- it tests the antibodies as well? Yeah. You got, we, bro, homeboy, one of our little homies, popped, uh, he, uh, popped, he popped positive on, uh, on Saturday. But he already, he already had it. He had it in March. He went he to Vegas. And, no, he had it. No, he had it once. Okay. He, had it, he had it once, but he popped positive because the antibodies was in the system. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. How much do those tests cost? Because I saw them. They look nice. You prick the finger. Is it nominal? Do you I, don't, know? Bro, I don't know all that. That's not a, I mean, no, I just, I'm just you curious because I, I see I, don't, I, I want it. I mean, you to send, maybe he can send some kits or, or figure it out. I need nah, to. He can't. He can't. The, re- the reason why is because if somebody tests positive, they have to report that right away. Trust mm. me, if I could have the kiss myself, Man, I'd be a testing center up in here, left and right. But you can't. He won't. He won't. Uh, you can't do that by law because he, had, like he says, even if it's like his brother, if his brother tests positive, he has to report it. 
so he won't give us no test and and, and and that's why there's a lot of faulty tests out there right well yeah my little, I, little, my little homie boston test they was faulty I, that's a, this is the thing I hear all this different information. You know, it's hard to understand what's real, what's not. I hear sixty percent accurate. This, that. Where are you getting it? My, what, my homie's it? test is ninety three percent accuracy. So we that's why we test two, three times. We test two, three times. Okay. So all right. Let's. I COVID. I saw that you're responsible. You're social distancing. Do you feel from what you're seeing though in your area? Let's just say. And again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on COVID. I just want to understand what you think. Do you feel? That the the bars, the restaurants, are people being ignorant? Are they being irresponsible? Is it just greedy as a business? Like, cause it's it's complicated. You know, this is a complicated thing. There's people survival. You close everything I, down. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit of everything, my brother. I think people are are make it political. I think people are ignorant. I think people just don't care. I think you know, even for me, I was literally having like hand sanitizer, and I was spraying people that were walking up to me. Say, hey, JJ, hit them with the spray. Yeah. And then this, this, then this, then this one girl came to our table, and had the had the audacity to put her hands in my ice and grab ice for her drink. No, not. I swear, I swear to God, I swear to God on my mama. And everybody immediately, all their eyes looked to me, and I'm and I, I'm not even. And I looked down, I look, I said, what the what the what the fuck? And I smacked that hand, and she's what? And I start fucking spraying, and then I call the, the the buster over there. I get all new, I get all new eyes, and I said, "Who raised you?" I said, "Did, did, did you not know it's a pandemic going on?" Can't do that. I, you I, can't I, I st- pandemic. You can't go in someone's eye. You can't go in there but, at normal time. But, but 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 that goes to my point is that sometimes their people's normal behavior have, hasn't mm. changed over three months. Another dude had the audacity to walk up to our table because it was like ten of us, you know, twelve of us. This dude literally walks up to our table, grabs a cup. And acts like he's about to start making him a drink. And I look, and I just do just, but who the, who the fuck are you? You can't. What, what yeah. the fuck did I do? He's not like, he's like looking around like confused, like like he's trying to point to who he's with. Man, if yeah. you don't get the fuck away from my time, what the, what the? The thing you and said, I, who raised you? That who raised you comes into play a lot. That's like a real thing. Like, what's the you know, I do, I literally got that from this comedian. And I literally do the who raised you to, to so I don't have to cuss at people. Because when you really think about it, somebody asks you who raised you, that means that they don't know if you were raised by your parents or you was raised in the streets. And like we say, man, some of them people belong to the street. You ain't got no manners. Manners, manners make it the man. You know, it's true. That's true. So true. Well, JJ, <laughs> I, I got this. Could be a ten-hour podcast. We have a lot, a lot of things to cover. We got a lot of history. For those that don't know, I've known JJ since two thousand eight. One of the greatest, probably weekends or weeks. I don't even know birthdays celebrations of all time and actually uh i just gotta i gotta flash over here because we're gonna show where can people follow you jj it, on instagram and twitter what's your uh what, what's the what's the best place to get a get it's, it's, it's instagram twitter i just be popping off political right and all right so instagram is we'll, we'll scroll through a bit of it but i gotta go back to, i gotta flash it back to the my first ever instagram post is with jj you want to talk about knowing someone this is 2012 he, you're ahead of the times you said listen or whenever it was i think i think it was 2012 you're like, you got to get on this this is the next thing and then i'm going to flash up a little bit more because one of my favorite photos of all time as well we were in we got a moment this is sharing a moment let me get up here it's not too far there it is right there this is 2012 i mean you got the bat phone the, the obama line the the plug and that's I was, actually, I was, that's I actually was, you i forget who it might have been obama we were, you were we were, no we were calling we were calling we were calling kobe and we were calling floyd yep that's right and then on the, on the, on the go on the gold phone 
plug-in phone to uh, into direct. I mean, it's just too funny. That's like my, one friend, of the my, fr- my friends, Zoe Castor from Missy Compton got me this, got me this gold phone and would plug into my iPhone. So I would carry that around like the, like the bat line and I would hit people on that gold phone. We'd be in the club like, yo, and then that's when we were, I was like, yo, we just got the medals and we was hitting Floyd. We was calling everybody and putting them on the foot, putting them on the phone with Aquaman. Too much fun. That was honestly one of the greatest, the greatest times, greatest nights, just all around great memories. And, and, uh, and that's a long time ago, eight years man, ago, we've known each man, other. We, 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 we was in London everywhere we went. The Americans are coming. The Americans are coming. It was it was it was a powerful week. That was for sure. That was that was a that was quite a trip. You uh, you mentioned calling Floyd calling. I mean, I, we I just we were there. Uh, I remember I told my birthday right there that week that night that that was the uh, forget where I think that was at his house. I mean, you're this is one of the things we want to talk about is that the relationships. You know, so many high profile people. Uh, you, you just. The, the thing I respect the most about you too is like from when I met you, the first time I met you right away, it's like no matter if you're talking about Floyd Mayweather, you know, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, who you, who you referenced, I know you, and you know well. Um, and just like whether they're a very well-known person or personality, celebrity athlete, or if it's a bellman or anybody, you treat everyone the same. You're just high energy, positive person. And you, you just have this, you know, this infectious energy about you and how you treat people. Where? It, how, where did that come from? How are you always so positive? And how are you so um, just, I don't really know how to describe it. How are you, you, JJ? Where do you get that that energy and that positivity from? That's it, came, it, 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 came, it came from everywhere. You, you, have to be a, you have to be a student of life, right? It, it, came, it came from me working at Ralph's grocery stores when I was a kid. And they, and they, they teach you, anybody within six feet of yourself, introduce yourself to them. You shake their hand. Hey, my name is JJ. Nice to meet you. Is there anything I can help you with? Then it then it then it transformed and when I was uh, different stops. I'm back there with the phone call. I thought I was on do not disturb, but you know, when I was going to um I'm going to different schools and different and different living in different environments every year since I was in the seventh grade, I went to a different school and different environment, whether it be the suburbs, the south, or 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 the hood. Right. So I I I learned that everybody is the same. We all just have different viewpoints on certain things, man. If you grew up in the South, you look at West Coast. You look at West Coast people differently, right? When I when I was in, you know, I lived from Orange County. I went to Inglewood, and there they were like, "Yo, this is the whitest black kid we've ever seen." I was dressed proper, all kind, but but when I was in Orange County, I was the black kid. But then when I went to Shreveport, Louisiana, I was living in Shreveport. They called me Hollywood because they was like, "Yo, like you live in California, like do you know Easy Eat?" Uh, and this is this is real life. So what I realized is no matter where I went, I got along with everybody, no matter who you were, whether you was Latinos, the Asians, the, the, whatever. I got along with everybody. And that's even when I was going to Eisenhower High School. And it was in Rialto. It was like one side was, was the blacks and one side was the Mexicans and the rebels. But I was friends with everybody. You couldn't talk without me being somewhere in that, that middle of it and, and talking. Because I was just, you know, I was cool with everybody. So for me, it's like I started like that. I started as the as the Maloof's driver, and I'll never forget Gavin Maloof used to tell me all the time, I don't watch how people treat me. I watch how they treat you. So I said, oh, okay. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, think about this. He says, the, the people that have the most access to the CEOs are the assistants, the secretaries, and the drivers. They're the ones who are like the front soldiers for the, for the CEOs. So when people are treating you wrong, and treat, that's how they would treat a normal person. So when I see somebody treat you right, I know that they're an all right person because it's not them just trying to get to me. 
Right. right? And so, so, so in, in, in saying that, that, that led to who I was as a person. Cause I always realized that nobody was bigger than anybody. Somebody might have more money than me. Somebody could be more famous than me. Somebody could have more whatever, but then I would go places and get more respect than they did. Right. I could walk in somewhere and be with somebody and they'd be like, Oh, what's going on? JJ. And it was, it wasn't just me saying that it was other people noticing that, you know, I was with, uh, I was with Byron Roth one time and we walk into the Phoenix Suns arena. It's me, Byron Roth and Aaron Rodgers and Nate, and Nate Raby. And we go into the owner's lounge and, uh, Robert Sarver, the owner, you know, he sees Byron's like, Hey, this is Aaron Rodgers. And Sarver goes, JJ, what are you doing here, man? What's going on? And we start, he's like, anything you want, get a food, get a drink. He said, hi, hey, Aaron, how you doing? And Byron goes, I've never seen him. I've never seen him talk like, 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 like that. I said, oh yeah. I said, me and, me and, me and Sarver are cool, man. I said, Sarver's a cool guy. Cause he used to come to Vegas with us. You're right. And he would eat dinner with them. We chop it up and he got to know me for who I was. And he knew that I always took care of people. And I took care of him. Yeah. I, I right. like that. I mean, it, it's sort of like you're always on interview as well. And it, it, it's, uh, that's, that's really how that was worded and phrased and just hearing how you said that with the moves. That's very interesting. It's very interesting perspective. It makes a lot of sense, but that sort of goes back to treat, treat people, everyone with respect and the same, you know, cause that that's, and that's hard because most people don't do it. And, and in general, at some level or degree, or it's like, what can this person do for me? What can, what can, you know, who are they? What, who do they know? Like, so there's, yeah. there's a lot of that. So if you actually get a real genuine opportunity to kind of see it firsthand, that, that's super interesting, but tell me then how that led. So how did, first of all, how do you get, how do you, you were working at Ralph's, you then driving for the moves. How did that, did you apply for a job? Did you have a, that's just kind of like a random thing. <laughs> You know, I always believe, I believe in this thing called the ripple effect, right? And it's about the butterfly. People call it this, for me, it's the ripple effect. And yeah. it is, you can make a right turn in life and it'll change your life for 10 years. Or you could take a left turn and it'll change your life for another 10 years. And at the time, I was, I was 19 years old. I was a rapper and I wanted to be a rapper. And I was winning battles locally. I was on Power 106 roll call. And I was doing things that I thought were in the right direction. And there was this band, Corn, uh, Fieldy from Corn, who who uh, lived literally like he was like the rich houses, and my mom's apartment was my, my mom's condo was behind them. And I ended up meeting his assistant Kip, who was like Fieldy's right hand man at the time. And we start rapping and you know whatever. He's like, "Yo, you gotta meet Fieldy. You gotta start coming over to this house. He's got this. He's got this little, little basement, and he's got this um, studio down there and turntable. So I would literally just go over there and hang out." I was like 18, turntables, learn this in the music, in the studio, rapping, what, right? He's writing his album. And I was working for this company and these two, you know, the two guys that own the company, Steve and, and them, they, everybody would always go out to Vegas. So Phil D and them took me to this party. And at this party was this, you know, Daylene Curtis, she was Playmate of the Year. And through Steve and Daylene, I ended up meeting uh, Phil Maloof. And I was hanging out with Phil and everything was cool. I didn't know who he was because he never, bra he, Phil was never a braggadocious guy. He never told pe people he owned the ponds. He never hung out at the ponds because you couldn't gamble there if you did that. And people would always ask him for stuff. So he never wanted to go there. So we'd be at the Bellagio, the MGM Grand and stuff like that. And Daylene Curtis kept pushing to, hey, you got to listen to this JJ. He's a great kid, great rapper from Orange County, da, 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 da. And we we'll start a music label. So he's like, all right. He's like, you got to meet my brothers. And, you know, finally, finally they're on the pond. You got to meet my brothers. And so I go and audition 
for uh, the brothers at the at the Rio and the Palazzo Suites. And at that time, the Palazzo Suites were the were the were the were the thing, right? And so I'm going through all that, and as I'm going through that, the power goes out. I got my audition tape, and the power goes out. And they're like, "Well, just rap without without saying without without no music." So I start rapping. They're like, hey, we think you're really good. We think you're really good. We're working on our deal with Interscope, but we want we want to sign you, but we want to get to know you. Would you th- come be our come be our driver? I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even like driving. Anybody that knows me, I I don't. I never liked driving. Didn't didn't want to drive because I'm ADD. So I'm always got other stuff going on. So I was like, nah, man. I was like, I don't, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I, I can't do it. And I, I came home and I told my best friend, you know, rest in peace, Zach Acres. And he goes, you need to take that job. I was like, why? He's like, within two years, your personality, he goes, you'll be, you'll be running the whole thing. I was like, oh, okay. All right. So I called back, very humble, say, hey, man, like, I know at first I thought it was like driving Miss Daisy. I was like, but I get it now. I was like, I, 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 I want to come drive for y'all. I was like, but I don't know where I'm going to live or anything. I was like, don't worry about it. Just pack your stuff up and move out here. So they got me a suite at the Bellagio for a week. And literally after that week, uh, Joe Maloof had just broken up with his girlfriend and he had two places. He had a big old, like $4 million mansion in Las Vegas. And then he had a condo in Turnberry. Well, that house in Las Vegas had too many bad memories for him. So he moved out of that and moved to Turnberry and told me I could move into the big Las Vegas house. So here I am. So here I am, you know, 20 years old, moved into this $4 million mansion, gave me a white Escalade, Joe's Escalade to, to drive around. And my responsibilities were picking him up breakfast at 6.30 in the morning driving them around, picking up Gavin at 1 p.m. in the afternoon because that's the time he normally would get up around that time, 12, 1 p.m., and just driving them around. 30 days later, after, like, me driving around, they're like, uh, how would you like to be our assistant? I was like, well, I don't even know what that is, but okay. And I turned into, I turned into their assistant, and then the rest is, the rest is, is history. Yeah, so we're scrolling through some of your, your stuff. So, I mean, that's a pretty – you know, it's funny because I actually didn't know that. I knew that you – because when I met you, so what year was this then? This was like two thousand what three, four, five? Yeah, before that, like two, like like oh one, oh two. And and how and what? How old are you currently? I'm thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay, thirty three. That's right. So okay, so I'm I I met so so fast forward now. You're you're technically like the assistant of the Maloofs all of a sudden. So kind of a crazy little how that just how that transpired because that's I mean obviously being in Vegas. Being with the Maloofs on the Palms, the Palms was a hot spot for. We were no, we were we were the hottest. Though. You got to understand yeah. that that's at that time and point. George Maloof had just did the, he just he just had the Real World. See, I literally started the year after the Real World, mm-hmm. so like right around that time it was like when they were wrapping up, whatever. But the Real World was on TV, whatever, and and, and so I started right when it was in its prime. And you got to understand is like, and that was a different dynamic. Like the family owned everything, but like George ran the hotel. Joe and Gavin ran the Joe and Gavin ran the Kings. The mom was the boss. Adrian was uh, doing like the philanthropy work. Phil was a, you know coming off of being a politician. He was working on the TV, film, and music. So it was this one you know was, that's a different dynamic, right? And at that time, we were we were the, there was nobody hotter than us, right? Because we had the we had the we had the real world suite. We had Ghost Bar. We were the new hotel. George was innovative. He had Paris Hilton show up in a million dollar dress for the grand opening and million dollar c- casino chips. He had Richard Branson la- la- like lapelling off the thing. There was nothing that that didn't when that happened in Vegas. It was happening at the Palms, right? You know what I'm saying? Britney Britney Spears at the Palms. You know the, the, the most iconic things that like 
right before OJ got right before OJ uh, got arrested for you know getting back his stuff, she was at the Palms pool party, and literally me and Gavin are at the valet desk, and I see this dude running towards us. I said, "Who is that?" I said, "Gavin, that's OJ." And Gavin's like, "Hey, OJ," and OJ just. <laughs> I said, "Damn, he looked." I said, "Damn, he looked pissed." <laughs> Little did we know, he was going. <laughs> he was going to go get his shit back, right? Wow. Wow. You know, it's so so. You know, there's just there's just moments in Vegas that you know, not nice steakhouse chef Barry. Like, Man, I saw him not maybe a year or two ago. I, I remember from yeah. The, yeah, Chef Barry. How's yeah, he doing? Yeah, he's doing great. Man, he's he's about to open up some restaurants. But like, think you know, think about that. It's like everything was the perfect mixture of everything. You know, it was like a per, it was like a perfect storm. You know, you, you couldn't create people. You can't. It was, it's hard to recreate. You know, it was it was hard for George to create, and it was just a perfect cast of characters man you, you know that 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 built it up throughout the throughout the years yeah so i mean so so speaking on this so again you kind of you go from maybe rapping you're in the the mix you get there you're sort of like i don't want to be someone's driver it sounds silly or weird then you yeah. look at it you gave it a chance from another perspective and then one thing lies another then you become an, an assistant per se but really was it like you know, I, I forget, uh, man, what's the guy's name that was, uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. He was like kind of the host of uh, Palms, one of the main guys when we used to come out there in 08, 9, 10. What was his name? J-Rock. What was it? J-Rock. J-Rock. Yeah. No, J- well, J-Rock, I know. Man, it was before, it was, it was a different. Jimmy, Jimmy Tips, are you talking about casino host or like a club host or like no, a hotel like, host? like a VIP, like the guy would come in and sort of entertain. It would help there. I, I can't believe, I can't think of his name. Um, it's It's drawing a blank. He would kind of look like Adam Levine. John Gray, John Gray, yeah, 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 he, yeah, he came, he came back. That's the, you know, that's the home. Yeah, but, yeah. John Gray was so John Gray started at the front. That was the thing. It was like Ebony and Ivory. Though. John Gray started at the front desk, and he was with George every day, and then I was with Joe and Gavin every day. Yeah. So, so it was, it was, it was. That's why I said it was a cast of characters that everybody. It made it, it made it special because everybody had their own, had their own little, their own little niche. Right. Right. So John yeah, Gray was, it's like homegrown too. It's like you're it's like being uh being the bat boy or something, like starting from the beginning or bottom, getting to know those people, and then you just kind of rise to the yeah. to the top where they people yeah. like they get it. People like the personality, what you're doing, the energy, and then they you just sort of rise all the way through. So I mean that was my question. Were you from being an assistant per se, like were you actually doing assistant type Thing oh yeah! Like oh, 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 yeah. Hosting, being oh like- no! That, that shit started by that shit started by accident. Right. That all everything in life is timing, and you know, uh, t- t- time timing is everything, right? All that shit. Yeah, I was an assistant. You could see me at. I would literally be at Dre sometimes after hours, and everybody's like, "Where you got? Where you going?" I said, "Man, I gotta go take Joe. I gotta go get Joe his newspaper." And uh, get him his breakfast sandwiches, though. Like that, that shit wasn't no joke. He wanted his shit at six thirty in the morning. He wanted that Las Vegas Review Journal. He wanted them breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's. He wanted to talk about the day, what was going on. So that wasn't, yeah. So that was that. But what, 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 what was the, what was the turning point? And I kind of looked back, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't peep it, right? I didn't see it. The turning point was is is uh Tom Brady and Jamie Foxx. Tom Brady came to the hotel and, and George was like, "Hey, you got we got Tom Brady coming in. You, can you can you uh, hang out with him?" It's like I'm gonna be busy. I go hang out with him. So me and Tom Brady throwing footballs at the pool. I took him out. We was having fun. Woo, woo, woo. And uh, that led to then all of a sudden, next you know, Jamie Foxx is at the hotel. Me and Jamie Foxx probably couldn't do this now. We was doing. We did it. it was like a, I was like, "Yo, it was me, Jamie Foxx, and Javon Walker. Thousand dollars for ass shaking contest." 
So I'm up on stage. MCing with the with the with the uh, with the with the you know with the with the Jamie Fox and and and, and Javon Walker to an thousand thousand dollars for some you know some some bikini contests and stuff, and then all of a sudden, every time somebody would come in, they're like, "You got to go through JJ," because when me and Joe and Gavin would travel with the basketball team, we would meet people, Derek Jeter, Barry Bonds, and uh, they would go, "Hey, when you come to Vegas, JJ is going to take care of you." So you know, I'm setting up rooms setting up dinners, setting up a club. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like my life was from 6.30 to 9, 10 p.m. aloof time. My life my life didn't start till 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Those are my hours. Right, yeah. where I was like, well, I was able to live. So the, the joke was, Joe was working the, the morning shift, Gavin was working the day shift, and I was working the night graveyard shift. Right, and so... When do you when do you sleep though in that scenario? Back 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 in them days, we kept we might catch a power nap, we might catch a power nap, we might catch some sleep. You know, we was living we was living wild, but so it, every as everything was turning, all these people were saying you gotta go through JJ because I would go out and I would have you know my friends was Jesse inside, Tris XS, Mike Myers, Body English, Jody Myers, Light Group, you know. And, and when I would go out, they would put me at the best tables. They would make sure I was taken care of because these are my people. They go when I come to my spot, I make sure they was dialed out, laced up. But they was returning the favor. So next thing you know, it's like, well, damn, who is this kid? I got Terrell Owens at Trist on the stripper pole with Kid Rock in the background singing. People are like, what in the hell? Because no matter where we went, we made everybody comfortable. And this is, you know, no pictures, no no drama, no none of that. Because I was like, a, you know, we was, we was on top of stuff like that back in the day. And we really t- took it over the thing, two things. I did this failed reality show called Paradise City. And it was uh, produced by Ryan Seacrest. It was Ryan Seacrest's first show, last of the season. But I did that. And that kind of right there. And then this lady named Hannah Carp. She came up to me and she was like, she's like, I've been hearing about you. Everybody talks about you. She's like, I want to do a story on you. I was like, a story? I was like, I don't know. I was like, you know, Luce don't like, you know, me doing media. You know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's their properties and stuff. I'm just here, you know, I got to ask them. She's like, all right, no problem. She's like, just, she's like, I really just want to do a small story on you. Like, it's no big deal. Like a small story. Right. She's like, give them my business card and tell them like, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll make sure it's a, a good story. It's, I was like, all right. I was like, but I don't think people around me no, you know, because I was, you know, I'm a fixer. Where we don't have no problem, we don't have no drama. We ain't the limelight like that. Yeah. And I get him loose. The card says WSJ.com. Did nobody, did nobody put nothing together, right? This lady followed me around for three months. She was the coolest. I never in my life would I thought she was a reporter. She was having more fun than me sometimes. She was at the Playboy Club. We was with, we was with people hanging out, Barry. And Barry's like, yo, you sure she's a reporter? She out here dancing on the table. She out there just just living her best living, life. Because, living. Because no matter where I went, it was always my goal to have, make sure that people have memorable moments, to have a, a you know the best time of their life, right? Did, did, so she did a three month story and she put it out on the oh, So 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 I'm hand to God. I'm at All Star Weekend, uh, 2006 or seven. I'm you know I'm bad with the dates, right? All-Star Weekend in Phoenix. Blends together. And it's, it does blend together. That shit go like the wind. And uh, all of a sudden, my phone's 
JJ's too popular. Look at this. Getting calls, getting interrupted. I, I told him to put it on the silent mode. We lost him for a sec. Hang I on. did. I'm back. Can you hear me? I'm back. Yeah. Silent mode. You think we're going to get people? Your phone's got blowing up. Your, your video's gone. I know. Oh, no. JJ, we're Hold in the on. flow, man. We're in the flow matrix. I'm learning. This is this is the storyline. We got to – come on, man. We we might have to go to the laptop when it when it comes uh, – when it gets updated. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Technology's hard. I, I'm all right. I'm here. I can hear you. I can't see you. camera. Hey, Dylan. We're there. Okay. Let me scroll through your Instagram while we're waiting. I'll give some visual something. Chuck Liddell out here. Uh, post it up. Flexing. Maloof, Gavin, we got you or what? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm almost there. Pull up, pull up a pic, pull up a picture, and I'm gonna tell a story about it. I got you in the White House on the phone in the room here. No, that's a fake. That's an audited photo. That's that's All fake. Right. I was I was with All Birdman, right. so we was doing something different. All right, <laughs> fair enough. It looks right. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, else, yeah. what else we got? We got a lot. There's a lot of stuff to go through. I, don't oh, even I got know. I got I got content for days. You got for sure. You you might need a you might need a, a content manager. <laughs> Oh, are you on the? Are you on the? We back now. All right, I removed one. I think I got you. Are you on the? Are you on your laptop? Yeah, we back oh, now. Real, we're in the. We're in the show now. We're really in. Oh, that's that's good. All right, we got this. We got this. We were in the flow matrix. I don't remember where we were. You got You might have to. Re- so 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 three months. So three months, and all of a sudden my phone's ringing. I'm at the All Star game. I had just went out. Crazy night. Me and Amari Stoudemire lit. He used to go to Vegas a lot. I remember seeing him. Oh, my God. One of the nicest people. I know we always say about people, but Amari Stoudemire, Larry Fitzgerald, two of the nicest people I've ever encountered in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, my phone was blowing. It's like 7.30 in the morning. I, anytime I'm a loose call, you got answers. Yeah. They got a special ringtone? Are they on the they got that. They're the only people ringtone that we, we recognize. So, right. yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. He says, got to wake up. Wake up right now. He says, go to the gift shop. We're staying at the Phoenician Hotel. Go to the gift shop and buy every Wall Street Journal. I said, what? He says, go to the gift shop and buy every Wall Street Journal. I said, okay. So I go out there and I get the Wall Street Journal, and I see me on the front page of the Wall Street Journal with, with Aquaman, with our hands to the flag at the thing. I said, ooh, what is this? So then I open up the, 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 to the sports section, and I'm on the whole front page of the sports section of All-Star Weekend of the Wall Street Journal. Not LeBron James, not Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. Not nobody. Me. Front page of the thing. I said, uh-oh. I didn't know if it was good or bad because he just told me to come to the room. So I go and I bring him all 20 of them. Bam! I hit him with it. He says, my, my stockbroker called. You're the talk of the firm right now. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And on the front pages, it read, babysitter to the stars. And it was the Wall Street Journal, which is, you know, I didn't know it was the biggest newspaper in the world. They didn't. They didn't tell you it was breaking a story. I didn't know. Man, didn't know. She didn't even tell us we was doing. I didn't even know we was doing the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was the WSJ.com. <laughs> right. So, so as we go, as we go through that, so now all this shit's popping all star. Everybody's getting this article. This shit's going around. You babysitter to the stars, and so that kind of that elevated. What year was this? This was in no. This was what you said with with Mike on the cover. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but was it? Oh, what year was it then? Because this was before we met you in 08. Oh, it's gone. I think we had to meet 07. It had to be 09. It was whatever Phoenix All Star Game was, whatever okay. year that was. Because yeah, remember, exactly. you guys, remember you guys that came to Vegas and yeah. then you guys came to the Kings game with us. That was so we came in 08. So you, that was so it had to be 09 then. 09 All Star Game. 
Oh, and when is the All Star Game? What time of year is that? February, February. Oh yeah, so that was that was uh '08. All right, so so let's just because okay. that was so that was '09 All Star Game. Yeah, that's right, '09. Because so '08 was uh that was that was, I mean, let me just let me just say so I that that was when we met. That was the most wild stuff I've ever been a part of. Let me just explain. I gave, I gave y'all the key. I gave y'all the key to the city. That was everything. That was, no, we did it all. I gave y'all. The, I arranged for the mayor to come out. And give y'all the key to the Kevin city. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. I know Kevin Johnson. Yeah, I remember watching him on the Suns. Man, that was that was cracking me up. That he was. Good. But listen, before before Sacramento, that was around New Year's. We were there. So oh eight. This is let me just tell you how I, this is a crazy time for me. So I I was finishing my last year of college. Okay? okay, I came. I went to the Olympics, and I was I had to email my professors and say like, look, I'm gonna be three weeks late to to class. Like I'm gonna be three weeks. I'm coming in late. So I got back from Beijing and then was on like run around Mike. And then there was the Vegas. So my birthday was September fifth, and that was Mike's. Uh, that's when we were like, let's do a party. Like, I'm going to go out there. Let's do that weekend, Labor Day weekend, Vegas. My birthday's there. Mike, let's do a celebration for you. I called like 15, 20 of my best friends. Mike had like 15, 20 his best friends. We So I had already missed three weeks of school. I get back, come in day one, take a test. That like, uh, like that, they were taking a test. I didn't have to take it, but it was crazy. And then I flew that weekend to Vegas. That was like, I had just come back. I go to Vegas. We get there. We show up like, Oh, we're going to be at the Palms. I don't even know how it got set up. Like exactly how he, how is the Palms? That was the place. Like you said, that was where shit went down. Everyone knew that was where to go. So then we arrived and it was just like, it, it was like out of a movie. Cause we get there, we walk in the, uh, the hardwood suite, this suite, these towers, basketball court in the room, beds flying out of the thing. Miss California's around. Every like, just everyone and their mother was there. It was like it, he got his a uh, Sports Illustrated like custom like edition gold melt things. Was that boxes getting handed out, bottles of whatever? JJ, you were there. It was like every bottle, just like into the suite. People, it was it was a it was like four days of just the most unbelievable parties and 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 chaos of all time. And Mike. Mike was the most famous person in the world. This was like weeks after you just won eight gold medals. I mean, you talk about Kobe Bryant, you talk about LeBron James, you talk about, you know, Floyd Mayweather. These guys, these guys are as big as it gets, but Mike was the most famous person in the world for about a month. And, and oh, he's still man, done a month. It still was, dog. After years, I mean, still. No, I'm saying, but like I, remember, the- I gave I gave I gave him two nicknames. Aquaman and Captain America. That was the yeah. code names when we was checking. They said, "What's the room under Aquaman, dog?" That's just, that's the code name. But just pandemonium. I mean, like it was just it was literally like I for myself, I had never even heard of the Hardwood Suite. So that shit was like getting in there and seeing that in basketball courts and the thing and the beds out of the walls and it was just it was like all time one of the greatest trips. So that's where we got to know each other. So I mean, that's that's like yeah, summer. Tw- it's like twelve years ago. Uh, so long time now, but I mean, that just shows you like that was, and that was, that was the prime time. Like this was like, but for you, it was like, it was sort of like when you live in Vegas, like, cause I lived there for a few years full time. It's like, you know, people come in and they come in ready to go. They're coming in. They want to party three days, everything they got. You're there all the time. And now it's just like one thing after another, that whatever the hottest ticket or item, like you mentioned, Brady, these guys, people want to have a good time, but it's just like, you're on call. Like when did yeah. you and you, and you had a, I did. I used to. People used to think I was crazy because I used to play in a basketball league in Orange County in L or L A. And I would literally fly out Wednesday afternoons, go play in my basketball league, and fly back to Vegas on Thursday. Right. Vegas was th- Vegas was Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and then we maybe get a Monday or Tuesday to ourselves, right? But Monday or Tuesdays was work days, dog, because the right. didn't take no day. They didn't take no days off. And the, the the other problem for me was not a problem. It was a gift, actually, you know. But we had the basketball team, so there were sometimes with the king. So I, you know, so I wasn't just doing pop stuff. I'd be on the king stuff. Then we launch an alcohol. Then we launch a liquor. I'm on that, right? So anytime they told me to do something, I did it, right? So you know, it's 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 that's why my business card. Everybody says, "Well, what do you do?" I'm a point person. What's a point person? They point what they want done. I get that. I get that shit done. Hook or crook, how you want to get it? And I was known for that. So my business card, all I had was my logos and my name. I didn't have no title because I could do anything, right? When we were when we were gonna uh, move the Kings to Anaheim, you know, they were like, "Man, we need we got we got to raise this money and do this and sell out the and do the floor seats." I saw I sold out them floor seats in two weeks. I had a reserve list of people ready to go, and I had and I and I and I had a hundred million that I raised off of my network. So you, when people say, "Well, what, what?" Think about that. I sold out four seats in two weeks and raised a hundred million dollars to help with the King stuff. It's crazy. I, I remember going through to Sacramento, flying Vegas to Sacramento, and then we were we went to yeah we stayed at one of maybe it was Gavin's house. Mike got the key to the city presented at the the Kings game. We were courtside. We had the custom jerseys, the name on the thing. It was they were playing yeah. the Celtics. It was I think the Celtics had won the uh, the title that year. And and the whole thing. I mean, it was just it was it was really really. Well, remember, remember, remember the ref? Remember the ref? Try, try to try to start. He tried to walk up to us at the beginning of the game. I go, don't talk to us. You ain't, you ain't call. You ain't call. You ain't get never gave us no calls. You always been a, you always been a, a, a dumb yeah. John. Every time you come here, you ain't never been nice to us the whole time. Now you want to say hi because we got Michael Phelps here. Yeah, and I got upset. Remember, yeah. he got upset. It was like, I'm gonna give you a yellow card. Very <laughs> embarrassing. Else, you can't give me nothing. Dog. I, just, I didn't cuss at you. I yeah. said, I just told you the truth. Now you want to come and be nice because we got Michael Phelps here, but you ain't said one word to us before that. No, I, I remember. I remember that. That was that was uh, that was like December. Fast forward, and that was like Mike hadn't trained. That was the only time in his life he went from basically August till like New Year's time, roughly. I think it was New Year's actually in Vegas, and then maybe we went to right after to Sacramento. But he was like he was out of shape. He was mess, right? Like he just was like at his in terms of hadn't trained, was just sort of enjoying life and de- decompressing. We trained that cardio, not that cardio. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he turned it around and real quick and got back into shape. But yeah, man, that was that was a crazy time. So how does how does it transition then? You know, in terms of business, in terms of stuff, you because I think we're similar in a lot of ways. Like you said, having a network, having contacts, kind of knowing what's going on, being in the know, and, and you know, raising money, whatever whatever needed. So how do you then go from like doing that kind of that role? Because you know. It's ten years later. Fast forward. How did it transition from doing there? Are you still? I mean, you're no, not. No, no, I, I went back. God bless the fatigues. Brought me out of retirement to go back to Vegas. You know, for the last Palms project, which was, you know, it was lovely for for what it was. Frankie Fertitta, John Gray, Tall. You know, it was it was you know Marshmallow. It was, I had a I had a blast. It was you know it was brought back memories. When, when, well, I, was I, I was always I was always in that I was always in that transition though. You know, because right. I was I was always thinking outside the box. I always said, what's life after Vegas? Like an athlete, what's life after Vegas? What are we, what are we doing after that? And, you know, it starts off like like the Lil Wayne lollipop video, right? Lil Wayne gets popped for, you know, gun and drug charges in Arizona. And the director, Gil Green, has got this whole video treatment laid out. And when he comes to Vegas to shoot the video, all of Vegas, we're not going to say anything to do with, you know, color or racism or anything. 
all of Vegas turns their back on him. Says, no, you can't shoot here anymore because he got because he got popped at the Arizona border or something like that. So no, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't shoot here anymore, Lil Wayne. Seen, right? There you go. There you go. Even though we gave you authorization and even though we gave you permission before, we don't want you here no more. And so I once again, party, party J. I, I just left Dre's. I'm back at the I'm, you know, I'm back at the wind, about to go to sleep, and my phone rings. I answer. Hello? Is this JJ? Yeah. Hey, this is Gil Green, and, and uh, I, I heard that you're the man we need to talk to. I said, okay, yeah. What's going on? Hey, well, we're shooting this video for, uh, this, you know, Dwayne Carter, and, you know, we're having a lot of problems here, and I got your number from so-and-so, and they told me that you could probably solve the problems. So, well, all right. Well, so, yeah, just you know, to be honest with you, I just got home. If you could email me, here's my email, blah, 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 and I'll get back to you. Just put it in the email, and I'll, and I'll, I'll see what I can do. He's like, all right. So I hung up the phone. Now I'm about to go to sleep. Seven o'clock in the morning, just left right. Bam, phone rings again. Did you get the email? I said, well, no, nah, I'm going to check it. Like, it's, it's what's going on? Well, we kind of got to shoot this video uh, tomorrow. I said, what? So we got to shoot this video tomorrow. It's for Dwayne Carter. It's, it's, it's I thought it was like a country artist. It's Dwayne Carter. So I said, well, all right. So, man, I, you know, I, I'm going to look at it. I, you know, I, I don't know. And I'll, I'll get back to you. Let me call you back. God, I, I just literally, I got to tell you, I got to go to sleep. I hang up the phone again. Bring, bring, bring. My phone's ringing again. Yeah. Is this Jay? Yeah. I heard I, I heard we need to talk to you to shoot a son, to shoot a video for my son. I said, who's your son? Well, this baby, Birdman, Brian Williams, Cash Money Records, and my son, Dwayne Carter, we need to shoot that video. We heard we need to talk to you. I said, like, you know, I'm like, you know, I ain't going to trip. Cash money. I grew up. I think when I was a rapper, I was gonna sign the cash money. Cash money taking home for the nine nine. So I was like, "What?" I was like, "Wait, wait, wait." Dwayne Carter's Lil Wayne. And I said, "Why didn't you say that on the phone?" I said, "What's going on?" So then I'm, I'm wide awake. What's up? What's going on? They said we need to shoot this video. Everybody's telling us no. Da 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 da. I said, "Okay." So let me let me figure this out. So I hang up the phone. I listen to the the, the song. I listen to. The, I, I I look at the treatment. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna do this. So I call the hotel. Before I, before, I, before I call George, I like to make sure I have all my information lined up. You know, to make sure I, you know, I already know what I'm talking about. So when I was like, you're like pleading your case in court, right? All the rooms are sold out. Everybody's still in the rooms. Everything's booked up, paying cash. So I'm already knowing that that's not gonna work. We're not gonna kick out somebody that's paying twenty five thousand dollars a night for the Harwood Suite to film a video that's gonna probably be for free. So Gavin Maloof had just moved into his $12 million, $15 million of furniture home in Southern Highlands. Yeah. And as he moves in, he literally furniture, not even really in there. I said, I got an idea. I said, we could shoot this. I'm going to see if we can shoot this video at Gavin Maloof's house. So I called Gavin. And I'm still drunk, out my mind. I said, hey, Gavin, I got to tell you something. So you ever heard of rapper Lil Wayne? So yeah, well not yeah, yeah, who's yeah, what why why? So well he's in town, he's just shooting video. This would be great for the palms, but the palms are sold out. I can't bring it to George. Palms sold out, nothing I can do. I was like, I gotta I was like, I only got one idea. He's like, Well, what is it? I was like, Do you trust me? He's like, Well, what is it? I said, we gotta shoot this video at your house. <laughs> are you crazy? They're gonna be smoking weed and doing this and doing that. I said, Gavin, I said, I'm telling you right now. This is going to be a major hit. It's going to be a major song. 
Now you think you're an A and R. Now you think you know. Now you think you know what's gonna be a hit. You. That's right. JJ knows everything. He's going up. JJ knows everything. I said, Gavin, I'm telling you, I'm gonna stake my job on it. I'm gonna stake my livelihood. After this video, I did like 14 more videos and became a video hoe, right? Because I literally every time I had to do a video, they needed cars or they needed houses, they would call me. JJ, I heard you did this for Lil Wayne Lollipop video. Right. So that's why. I, I always said people can't put me in a box of what you that's that that set me up to be the entrepreneur because you can never put me in a box. Don't let people put you in a box and say, Oh, you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be the assistant, you're supposed to be the business development guy, you're supposed yeah, to really be on the on the kings. Yeah. I've done a radio show, I've done a TV show. They they told me I couldn't uh, work the red carpet at the uh, at a, at an award show. Well, guess what? Little did they know I was friends with Mark Shapiro and Dan Schneider who love my personality and says, Hey, you're right. We want you on the red carpet. And they let me be the red carpet. One of the red carpet hosts for the American music awards because they own Dick Clark productions. So sometimes it ain't what you know, it's who you know and who believes in you. Right. Right. As long as when they believe in you, you can back that up and you go out there and put the work into it and you don't let people down. That's all it was. Right. And so I would do things that, that at that time I thought, I thought was normal, but then people would go around like, damn, that JJ crazy. You hear what he did? And then it become like the JJ rule, you know, or like one time we went to a club in LA and I was on the list for this party and we were like sponsoring the party. But anytime I went somewhere, I had 10, 15 people with me. That's just what we did. I always kept my friends with me and whoever, I don't care who, what celebrity was with me. I always kept my friends with me and my people. So we got to go into the party and they're like, you're on the list and two of your friends, but everybody else can't come in. And I'm watching them let these surfer kids in and let these people in. And let the, I said, what do you mean? Me and my people can't come in. We sponsored the party. I said, okay, no, no, no problem. Here's what we're going to do. Pull the cars up. I had three SUVs pulled up. We had three, we had three SUVs, three drivers, three SUVs pulled up. I called a, I called my homeboy Ski, who was on the radio at the time. I said, Ski, put me on the air. Ski puts me on the air right then and there. Put me on the air. I just want to let you know I'm outside of such and such club. They are, they are racist. They are not letting us in. I said that we were on the list. We're sponsoring the party. And this is blasting from all three SUVs. Wow. And the dude is like mortified. He couldn't even believe it. And he goes, who the, who the fuck are you? Not, see, it's not about that. You never know who you treat in a certain way. So the certain times I was getting crazy wasn't for me. I'm kicking indoors for other people so other people don't got to go through no bullshit. And sometimes it wasn't, it wasn't about color. It's about strictly, strictly, strictly pure, pure hate. People used to hate that to see that the, the, the assistant of the Malus was doing so good. They used to hate that the assistant... I- why do you think, why do you think that this, I noticed this in poker. I do want to talk a little poker as well with you just yeah. for fun. I know you like to play around. We play, I played at your house. I'm a kamikaze in poker. You know, you learn about yeah, my so You're undercover. I don't want to, I don't want to out your abilities too much for the home game circle circuit. But uh, why, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think people fundamentally, because I see it in poker too. Like yeah. people, you know, win a tournament or someone does well, even if they kind of, it's like, there's a little bit of a, I don't know what it is. What was it ego? Why do people, are they against like you being successful in general? Like in general, why do people not want others to succeed because around? Because sometimes they don't see it in themselves, my brother. It ain't, it ain't the fact, you know, sometimes people try to make it about race. It's not the, about a race. Whenever you have somebody, look, look at Floyd. What has Floyd ever done to anybody? He ain't done shit to nobody. Bag. I remember the hockey bag. He brings in the hockey bag 1.2. 1.2. I know. JJ, don't think I don't remember a hockey bag. Yeah, don't let me tell a story. See, that's what's that's that's the difference between people. We'll go to that. But think about think about this. People would see me and and look, call and tell on me. Joe, 
Yo, I saw JG out at the casino. He was drunk. There was these girls around him. He was gambling 20, 30,000, Joe. And Joe would be like, yeah, I know. He lives with me. He fucking came home and threw the money at me. <laughs> but they, they, they were, they couldn't, they couldn't fathom that this kid who came from nothing was doing a little something and was having more fun than them and didn't oh, care what people I, thought about them. Right things, yeah. Yeah. And that goes to that goes to authenticity and truth. Think about what Floyd what is what is Floyd, forget personal shit. What has Floyd ever done but say what he was gonna do and did it? And then they hate him. Floyd told me the most important one of the most important things I see. He I tell people this all the time. He says, JJ, they love me, they buy my fights. Cause they want they want to see me win. They hate me, they buy my fights, because they want to see me lose. But either way, they're buying my fights and paying me money. Yeah. So the people that hate you, they still giving you views and all kind of stuff and all that kind. You people really, when you break down, when you break down, when you break down a lot of the stuff, it's what they own insecurities. Right. In America, and I guess in general, uh, I, I mean, in America in particular, just from what I've experienced and seen, you know, living with Mike for seven years and, and seeing what they do and just in general, the cycles, they love to build people up and then they try to bring them down, right? That's sort of like, that seems to be like a, a just a storyline. People want to see people succeed, but then they don't, you know, and then they want to kind of like bring you down. But think about Floyd. You talk about the hockey bat. Everybody used to think Floyd was crazy and funny, whatever, but he was real. This dude drove down to my birthday party one time because he told me he was going to be there. He got there at 157, bought shots for all my family, took pictures, and then left. Oh, and then followed us back to, to talk about cars that robbed Deer that to my hotel, make sure we escorted us back to my hotel for my after party, yeah. and then left and went back to Vegas or L.A. That's loyalty. Uh, that's that's why people talk about Floyd. like, man, y'all just don't know Floyd. Y'all just some haters. Floyd, you were there. Floyd told me, he says, JJ, he said, man, I like that condo you staying in. I said, well, I said, yeah. So Gavin says, if you want to get it, you can buy it. He said, what? Like, what? Like, right? I said, yeah. He's, I said, you know, deposit, whatever, but, you know, whatever, I, we can get it for you. He says, I'll be back tomorrow. I said, okay, no problem. We're at dinner. Floyd shows up with a hockey bag with 1.6 million in it. He said, these rappers got duffel bag money. I got hockey bag money. This is something that I get to experience. Yeah, that's right. I love the hockey bag, man. That, that's that hockey bag money. And I was like, Look, it make me sweat now. I said, damn, this dude is wild. But to be able to do that, they hate him for that. Because they think he's showing off or they think he's boisterous and they think he's coming. But that's his, that's his reality in his life. If we all take a step back and realize that everybody else lives a different reality in a different life and we just appreciate what people got going on, we would probably get along way much more better with stuff. Because your life is different from my life. We live two di- we live two different patterns of do- you doing you traveling to Brazil, you doing here, you doing you poker. I'm like, damn, I like staying in Orange County and doing my shit. Right? But I understand what you're doing. That's the problem. A lot of people don't understand what others are doing and they, they just hate. They're like, damn, he really was out doing that, having that much fun? Oh, yeah, he must be an alcoholic. Nah, dog. You see me drinking socially. I didn't that's how survive Vegas. No drinking problem, no drug problem. Because Monday, Wednesday, I'll be playing basketball. I'll be at the Kings game shooting warm-up shots on the, on the court. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I, I, listen, we're preaching to me. I, I know, man. I, we're on the same wavelength. I, I also – you mentioned about racism at that – that uh, you were at the club. You put them on blast. You got the radio. Just let him send them a message. Let him heat check them. That's but, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And let me so – it's obviously a hot topic right now in the world. COVID, um, you know, the Black Lives Matters with – 
with racism being put up front, people basically saying it's not enough to just not be racist. You know, let's do something about it. What's happening? You know, like, yeah. So what is your, what do you see happening? Do you feel um, like, do you I think are, are positive things happening? Is this, is this going yeah. is this going to change things? And yeah. yeah. Think about what, think about what just happened. It's, it's 2020 and the Mississippi flag finally just got the Confederate flag taken out of it. I just saw I saw what the running back or a basketball player, someone someone there basically said I won't play. Could you so imagine if he, if he said that with the, without this wave going on a year ago? They would have laughed at him. Right. This 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 wave. And I, I, I live in listen, I've lived in Orange County, I lived in Inglewood, I lived in Shreveport, Louisiana, I've lived in Las Vegas, I lived in Sacramento. In Orange County, when I was growing up as a kid, they used to think I was a national spokesperson for Black America because there was only a few of us out here when I first started out here. Right when the when the when the riots happened in '92, I had to answer more questions about stuff when I was a kid. I didn't even know what the hell was going on. Right? You I didn't know about the Phil Ivy story. You know Phil. You Phil. You know Phil. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That like remind me of that in a second. But go ahead. Yeah. And 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 so so for me, I drove around to go see the protests that were happening around here, and I looked at the protests. And on one of the protests, there was no black people. It was the most diverse crowd of people that you ever see. That brought joy to me because you know what that tells me? Now it's not just us fighting the fight. Now it's not just us seeing. So, yeah, there is some negativity. There is some, there is some work to do. Do I believe all police are bad? No. I had a conversation with my friend the other day. Do I believe it's a, it's a you know, I, I feel that when people, when they see us talking about the police, they think we're talking about, like, they take it personally, like we're talking about, about white people. No, we're talking about police in general that have these power trips. They have the power over people like they're like they were the high school. They got bullied in high school. Now they're the cops that get to take it out of people. These are people person person. Now look at the Golden State killer who was a police officer who was murdering women who just got caught 76 years old. Getting, he was a police officer. So you're going to tell me you had a cop who was killing women for, for 15 years and not one other cops expected this dude. And it took a DNA test from 23 and me to find this dude. And nobody said nothing. Nobody saw nothing. Yeah. There's probably some signs there, but because the same thing with the thin blue line and not talking, things have to change. Do I believe in defunding the police? I don't like the, uh, yes, but I don't like the terminology of that. I like the terminology of reallocating funds, right? Because you can defunding is great, a little aggressive, but reallocating funds to the community, that's a more correct message for me. So I believe everybody, the right and the left, their messaging is off. This is my personal opinion. I don't speak for nobody. I ain't part of no movement. I'm movement of JJ. Yeah, that's what I believe in. I'm gonna help my people. I'm with you. I I, I hear. I I think I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I, I want to mention Phil Ivy, who obviously he's sort of the uh, one of the biggest pillars and names in poker. And nice, nice, Phil. Phil love yeah, he, he's I like Phil a lot. Very fun guy. The I want to say, speaking of that, like Orange County, you're saying there's not a lot. Like, in terms of African Americans, Phil was in was in uh, he was on uh, well, so a guest on my podcast who's a friend of mine, Barry Baker, out of um, I guess Salt Lake City Park lives in Park City, right? I've been to his house before playing his game. Phil was there for a golf tournament, okay, and Phil doesn't know the group really, but he like one of the guys there's like, hey, there's a poker game at this at this guy's house. You should go play. It's a pretty good game. It's a big game, relatively big. Uh, go over and like I'll introduce you. He was there just golfing, having fun with a friend, right? So okay. Phil, you know, doesn't know the guys, so he doesn't want to just like go in there and you know you, you don't carry 
hundred grand or whatever, 50 grand. You're not, you're not flying. You go into a golf tournament, you're just hanging yeah. out. It's like, he didn't want to go and even though those guys would have given him credit, he's Phil Ivy. They know, they know poker and they know he's the guy, but like, Phil's like, let me go to the bank and I'm going to pick up a hundred grand because like, I'm not going to come and not have cash. If I lose, I want to pay whatever. So he goes into park city, Utah, goes into a bank, goes at, goes up to the teller, asks for a hundred grand. And she dropped to the deck and hit the fucking alarm button. He thought that that they were uh, that he was robbing the bank. That's a true story. Oh, that that, that happened to me. Everybody, I'm not the, the one up or the me too touch it. Yeah. Literally, Gavin Malouf, hand to God. He never got money from a bank. He never once went to a bank for, for I worked for him for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. He never went to a bank. We used to get money from the casino from the because he keep money on, on deck at the casinos. Yeah. So we kept money on the casinos, and then we kept he kept money. It, at the at the Sacramento Kings box office that would link to his account that he would get money. So we're in LA one time. We walk up to the bank. I had to fill out his his his. He don't know what to do. He, he, he doesn't do shit like this. So I'm filling out his checking account information. I'm saying we need you know five thousand cash. Da 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 da. We go up to the bank teller. The bank teller is like mortified. She goes, "I'll be right back. I need to talk to my supervisor." So the supervisor comes back and goes, "Mr. Maloof, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah." Like, what are you talking about? He's like, okay, like you, you want this money? And he's like, yeah. I go, Gavin. They think that I'm robbing you. The guy, the guy's like winking at him, or like kind of, yeah, like, yeah. Like getting ready. Gavin goes, what? He goes, I go. That's how oblivious. But that's what I'm saying. Now, Gavin didn't pick up on that, but I did. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not that he didn't know. He just didn't. You don't. When you don't have to deal with shit like that, you don't pick up on shit. Like oblivious that. to it, and not, not, not your own part. It's not right. your. It's kind of, it's just what it is. You got blinders on. That's yeah, man. It's crazy. It's a crazy time out there for sure. It's a wild time we're living in. Yeah. It's a uh, it hopefully open up communication. I've had conversations with my friends we ain't never talked about before. I argue with one of my friends once a week about some shit because he got he's seeing some shit some different way, and then I run some shit by him. What you think about this? Just to see what their reaction is. Just to see what they say. My my thing is I hate hypocrisy. I you know we're not gonna talk. We don't. I don't have to say who I don't like and who I'm voting for. People the people know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, right. it's it's a tough time, but do we do we get through? America has recovered from everything. We've gotten past everything in life. We're 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 a nation of a comeback. Do do we need this conversation? Absolutely. Do we need do do you? Sometimes you have to pull the band aid pull the band aid off so you can full, so you can fully heal. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's it'll be. I hope that. It does. It looks like just seeing, I mean, the thing about Mississippi flag, like for, I'm an American, you know, I don't know the state emblems for all the flags. Like I knew then I've seen changes, right. In the last 20, 30 years, you, you see, you hear things or stuff looks like it's getting better. Just areas. It's not like it used to be, of course, how, how bad it was. But that, that to me blew my mind. I had no idea the Mississippi flag was like that. That's crazy. How about, how about- how about this? There's no sports teams in Mississippi, right? There's no like ML, Major League Baseball or NBA. So it's kind of under the radar with that. But the fact, can you imagine going to play like a Mississippi, going going in there for a college game, Mississippi State, and you're on the other team, you see that? I mean, that's insane. Yeah, man, think, insane. Think, think about this. I live in Shreveport, so we had to learn state history. They yeah. didn't stop segregation in some, some parts of Louisiana until 1979. Years after the Civil Rights Act passed, years after the Emancipation Proclamation, so the conversation I had with my friend the other day is how do you how do you change 400 years of laws, policies, thought process? It's like when you meet somebody that's racist, I don't blame them. Right. This is my next question. Do you because I don't think fundamentally people are evil or hate or bad. Like it's like it's all it's like ignorance, un, uneducated, uninformed and just a programmed. If you're born, 
certain areas you you know what what they just what they're taught when from like being born and brought up like i it's so it's a bizarre thought like how that could even be possible but yeah. i sort of get it like i'm like all right well if i was born in in uh alabama or mississippi and i was raised by my parents who get instilled these beliefs in this way and i know no other way i guess i could see it but you would still hope that if you're very intelligent or common sense you could break out but still I, it's hard. I, I, you there's, there's there's some things where you're like, man, like who they get that from? You get majority of the stuff from your parents, right? Right, unless you break away. But there's well, some stuff you grow up and and you're and you're like kind of neutral or don't know, and now all of a sudden your two best friends are. are That's if your parents don't teach you and you keep in segregated your kids. I have one of my best friends who raise who raises her kids wonderfully. Her kids are two of the most loving kids you've ever met in your lifetime. She legitimately called me one day and says, "I can I ask you a question." She goes, do you think I'm raising my kids the right way? Do you think that they do they understand diversity? I said, what? I was on the phone, huh? I said, everybody, you're the one who doing one of the ones that's doing the best. I mean, you. But that that tells you where this is hitting people. In my eyes, she's doing one of the most phenomenal jobs when it comes to her kids. Her kids are around diversity. They understand things. They don't ask crazy questions. They kind of understand. And these are little kids. But it took her time to step back and say, hey, am I doing What's best for my kids? That's that's all. And, and 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 the thing is, nobody has the answers. Nobody's this shit ain't gonna be fixed in a, in a day. It's not gonna be fixed in a month. It's not gonna be fixed in a year. What can fix it though is communication, understanding we're not gonna agree on everything, and understanding you might you know you might have to you might have to give a little. You might have to say you know what that Confederate flag that that might have to go. Those Confederate statues they might have to go. Where can we see those at? Maybe a museum. Some of y'all that, that be going on the Confederate flag ain't even from the South. Mm-hmm. Ain't never been to the South. Don't like the South. Never, never been down there. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's 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 just it's true, man. It's 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 really. I I'm, I have just so many thoughts on it all. I don't want to. Again, it's COVID. This stuff. It's important. It's scary. It's important to be informed and have a have an opinion and have an informed information. But it's complicated stuff. This is some people just don't know. I literally was at the Bellagio one time. I walk up with Gavin. The pit boss goes, "Oh, Mr. Ivy, Mr. Ivy, how much do you want? Two hundred? Half a million? I go, I go, what? He goes, Mr. What do you do? You want a half a million? I go, what are you talking about? This is what, what do you want to start with? Shoot some dice. I go, I'm not Phil Ivy, brother. I'm JJ. He goes, he goes, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. So I, I get it. Me and Phil have a little resemblance. And you might, but we were, I was at the Bellagio every day. Right. Right. We had the Bellagio. But that just tells you. Now, was that racist? No. Nah, he just wasn't paying attention. Is also also I'm sure yeah, that that's an issue. All black people look alike. If you wanted five hundred, they probably you come and just. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, when I told Phil the story, you know what Phil told me, man, you should have kept that because he said because I'd have told me what me you could have had you could have said no, that ain't my that ain't my character. Yeah, no, you don't you don't want to get tied in that. You don't want to get like that. You don't want to you don't want to get you don't want to go down that that path. Yeah. The, uh, so what is the state of uh, Vegas? And, and, and explain to me, you came back for the Palms for a bit. You worked with them. And what, what is it? Because the Palms was, you know, shout out to Jason Strauss. That's the homie right there. You know, I know you know Jason well. I think Tao. I love Jay. That's my guy. He's going to be on here. No, he's coming I on love, soon. I love he's an innovator. Him and Noah. With him, with him and Noah, Jesse, Victor, and, and um, Andrew Sassoon, those, those type of guys that have been around longevity and what they did for, for Vegas. Right. 
Yeah, Sassoon built Panorama. I didn't even – he plays poker. I know him well. Yeah. Uh, with, those, with those type of dudes, Alex Cordova, those type of dudes did for Vegas. It helped Vegas maintain. They changed the, the, the nightlife and the, and, the, and the landscape. Everybody had their everybody had their own niche. Like, you know, Victor Dre was known for the beauty of clubs. Jesse Waits and them known for customer service, right? Andrew was known for running a tight ship, keeping it fun. That was a, that was a tight ship restaurants. And on top of it, cracking. You something was wrong. They was picking up napkins and all kind of stuff, you know. And, you, and 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 I don't feel to be completely honest with you. I don't feel comfortable on speaking on Vegas because I'm not in it, right? I'm not in the trenches. And I, I think that's what a lot of people should do in life. If you don't know what's going on and you're not in it, you're not don't, right. don't feel don't feel the need to speak on it. Do I talk to people that are in Vegas? Do I hear it's rough? Do I hear think yeah. With my personal opinion, Vegas will bounce back. It's just going to have to change. But I thought the change was coming anyway. I thought the bubble was going to pop before the coronavirus. I think it was, It was. you know, the wind never had hip-hop. Then they signed, then they, then they signed Champagne Poppy, right? Nobody, nobody thought that was going to happen. But hip-hop was starting to make a comeback. House music was great, but they were starting, you know, chain smokers do great because they were singing. They had out their talents, you know. But a lot of the other artists were just DJing weren't getting them same type of crowds yeah so Vegas yeah. Me was the numbers the djs make are it's pretty crazy I, jason told me about some of the bidding yeah. that happened with hakasan and the, the yeah. god bless, and god bless them yeah that's what you're supposed to do yeah you're supposed to get money right. you're supposed to you're supposed to be the highest paid D. that's that's what life is about For nobody's sure. saying it but i just me personally i thought the bubble was gonna pop anyway jj let's get the shirt who raised you this is a comment in the chat merchant coming who raised you that would be i gotta have a shirt for that yeah i would do that but i want to steal it from that comedian who gave it to me when i came when that we were in the i'll never forget where i was at we was at the pearl and then when that comedian said that i was with cord overstreet and we were with some other people and i had to look i said that is the funniest like that is the best way to have to yell at somebody without using profanities in front of people because it makes them think well, well my mama raised me what you mean well damn your mama raised you like that <laughs> she might want to do over yeah that, that's that's that is it's fun it is funny i heard you say it too if i remember the first time it's that's a that's a strong yeah, especially when you say it in the contest when somebody's doing something stupid and you look and you just get out to give them that look damn who raised you yeah that, like, that, what do you mean by that exactly what i meant who raised yeah. you i was yeah. raised my mom and my daddy well they didn't do a good job where did it break down where did that's it... pretty much me telling you to yeah, where was where where was the disconnect? You know, where was it? So, um, but the, uh, the do you see like in, in terms of the Maloose, just understanding the Palms too? They so they sold the Palms was sold, but they own maintain ownership. No, of- they, you know, they looked at the, the Fertitas have bought every casino the Maloose had. You know, the Maloose where Fertitas bought the, the Maloose had uh, the Fiesta, and the, the Fertitas bought that, and then the Maloose took that money and started creating the original Palms. And then the Fatitas came in and they bought, they bought the Palms. We did it, did a billion dollar makeover, pop in, stat. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. Still, still beautiful. And it just, it just, it just ran into some problems before, before the Rona hit. Right. You know, you, you know, it, it was nobody, nobody, nobody's fault. It's, it's just a collection of everybody's fault. Right. And thing and things happen. Will it, will it bounce back? Yeah. The Fatitas are smart people. Right. You, you know, you, you, you get that and you get, the, the what they what the other properties that they have they gonna be all right <laughs> at the end of the day one thing I know the Fatina's gonna be okay they survive yeah they got some <laughs> they gonna be all right so if anything you bet with them <laughs> you know what I'm saying you know you know they gonna bounce back how they yeah. bounce back you know they they gonna figure it out what, what will Vegas bounce back 
absolutely. Once we get this Rona settled down, I believe we're going to go from a nation of expectation to appreciation. We used to expect to be able to go to Vegas on the weekend and have fun and jump on a jet sweep flight and shoot dice. We used to expect that we were going to go out to watch a concert. We used to expect that we were going to hang out with our friends. I was locked up in my house in Laguna Beach, and I, you know, I kept thinking, me and my friend Corey, we talked about it all the time. Damn, what about these people that are locked in, locked in their house with three kids in a two-bedroom apartment? Yeah, and uh, exactly. What, what, about, what about the single mother that's raising two kids in a house that has to homeschool the kids, still go to work, still work from home, and still raise those kids? Right. So when all this stuff is over, which it will be, we're going to go to a nation of appreciation. People are probably going to start doing picnics in the park again. People are going to say, well, damn, I can actually go on that walk and appreciate that more. I can go to the beach and appreciate that more. How many times you people that when, when, when would you think that grocery store workers would be the most appreciated people in the nation? Nurses, the most appreciated people in the nation. Right. Because we're going from expectation to appreciation. It's powerful. It's true. It's like having a bad cold or something unforeseeable happening or you can't use this, you're in bed and it's like you start thinking, man, yeah, I was like taking for granted that I'm healthy, that I'm good. Everything's like relaxed and good. And yeah. uh, it's exactly, it's like that. It's like on a bigger, it's at a worldwide there's, scale. There's, 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 horror, there's horror stories out there. You know, I was, I was talking to Kid Rock and, you know, he was telling me how he was having his staff, he was having his staff uh, help people get groceries. So I said, oh, okay. I said, what if I can help you help the city of Nashville get groceries? She said, let's do it. There was no hesitation. That's what happened in, in tough times, no matter what we got going on, whether it be Black Lives Matter, whether it be the coronavirus, tough times brings America together. Look at the protests. Those are the, the most diverse protests I've ever seen in my life. Are there some bad protesters out there who are, who are, who are taken away and looting and shit? Absolutely. I'm not going to condone them. And I'm not going to condemn them either. Not, that's not my place. But look at the police. There's some great police out there, but there's some bad police officers out there. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to condone, you know, it, it goes both ways everywhere, man. And I think that's part of the problem. We have to start understanding that nothing in life, the last perfect person in life was Jesus. And they crucified that dude. He was perfect. Nobody out here is perfect. People are going to make mistakes. Police officers are human. Protest. I'm telling you right now, I'm watching some of these protests with this coronavirus going on. And you got people all up in if I'm a police officer and you got people all up in my face, spitting in my face, and I've been a good police officer, I'm in my head thinking, who raised you? Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's also it becomes a problem too when you've got, you know, tensions are high, people yeah. are then now you're, you're, your police are already kind of like, you know, they get called pigs and this. But you also got some of those police that are agitators. Right. Doing some shit, poking them, hitting them. You know, there's some sort of – everybody needs to stand up for – it's not color. It's not political party. It's right and wrong. Right. If that was your kid, if that was your mother, if that was your father, if that was your sister, if that was your brother – that was your husband, that was your wife, would you want them treated like that? Right. Let's start there and carry the conversation on. Yeah. How would you want to be treated? I'm telling you right now, as a protester, if I was peacefully protesting in front of the White House and y'all sprayed me with pepper spray and rubber bullets, I'd be pissed. If I was a cop and y'all screaming in my face with this coronavirus and I've been, I'm protecting you over here screaming in my face and we don't know what that, that run, and you doing that and I've been a good, and I've been a good cop. I mean, there was a powerful photo, a video of this army guy, he was sitting there and he, people yelling and you see him mumbling. I'm black, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. He's just trying to get through the day. 
You think that guy wanted to be there from the military protesting some working some riots? No. You think the National Guard wanted to come in and do and, and do they're doing their jobs and what they told, right? They that that that's what the we have to take a step back and we have to say, okay, there are good police out there. There are good protesters out there who've been protesting peacefully, and you got agitators, you got people that want to start stuff, you know. People kept saying Antifa, 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 but the FBI put out something said Antifa ain't did nothing. But when the white supremacists got caught for ambushing those two cops, people were silent. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about that because that, that didn't go to it. Right. They didn't want to say, well, damn, the white supremacists got caught in Vegas with Molotov cocktail bombs. About to start to hit the, to, to, trying to start something. They didn't want to say about the people that beat the police car up. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, if you really look into stuff, I guarantee you, most people get along and will agree on most of the stuff, but we, we don't take a step back and do this. Yeah. Take a, take a, take a moment, take a moment, take it in. It's just, uh, it's, uh, I agree. I, I still, man, I have the most crazy political arguments with Kid Rock. We go in back and forth. Every time something goes, he call, he, oh, guess what? I see some shit that he talked about sometimes. He sees some shit that I'm talking about. We meet in the middle. He's like, damn, I didn't see it like that. Right. It's important to be able to say and be admit that you are, that you could be changed or, or, or wrong or just not have the information look at it a different way. I think that's also, it's similar in poker. You got people have egos. It's like you say a, a hand played the right way. Or you think you're doing something right, but then you get another perspective and you're like, oh, that might be better, but you don't want to be like, oh, I was wrong. or I wasn't doing it the, the optimal way. So if you're able to sort of take it in, and ad- agree to be, you know, to shift. It, it's important, and a lot of people are very stubborn and just have. Oh, this is this. We're in, we're, we're playing a game called life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all. It's a game of, called life. Don't nobody, don't nobody got the answers. We can give opinions. That's why people be like, "Oh, did you see so and so said this?" Is I always Google who so and so is to see if they they resume matches their critique. <laughs> How somebody gonna tell me? What racism, this, 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 and they ain't lived it. You got some people that write books on shit that they ain't lived or ain't seen or ain't been around. You got people offering their opinion, ain't left their hometown, still stuck in podunk, so, so, so. Ain't lived life, ain't been nowhere, ain't, do, ain't done nothing. How you going to tell me about racism when I grew up in an all-white county, pretty much? When I first moved here, there was three black kids in my whole school. Then how, how was that and where you were though? Did you I mean you, did I have some things that happened? Absolutely. Yeah. I had some shit that happened to me. Absolutely. I have racial encounters and have racial encounters to this day. I've been falsely arrested. There's shit that happened to me all the time. Falsely arrested, where the case got dismissed to the police officer falsely arrested me. Why? Because yeah, was it because I was black? Absolutely. Did I get past it? Yes, absolutely. Did it make it better? No. Did I deal with it? Yeah. But that's me. We can't expect everybody to deal with shit like me. I can't deal with your problems. You can't deal with my problems. I can't deal with Trump's problems. We all handle shit differently. We're 8 billion people that are 8 billion different motherfuckers. Yeah. Different DNA, different mindsets. We can both watch the same thing and say two different stories. But yet we want everybody to agree on what's right for the country. That ain't going to happen. Right. There's too many. It's just it's this life. You have to live your life a certain way. Now, you might be doing some shit if you were, you know, I got some friends. Hey, man, don't do this. This is, I, I see it. I've I done experienced it. Here's just my opinion. And then when you do it and it happens, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, I told you so. 
I warned my little homie the other day. I said, man, you're going to do that. This is A, B, and C is going to happen. Right. Yeah, How'd you know that? Because I done seen it. <laughs> I done been through it. Yeah. That's, that's life. I'm not saying I know more than you. I'm just saying I've already walked through that shit. That's what our parents was trying to tell us. We, but, but then our parents also have to understand we go, went through some shit that they didn't go through. They didn't go through the social media phase. They didn't go through the internet phase. They went through one television set with six channels. You see this question here talking about do you think from Matt Matt Barnes? Do you feel the media is one of the main issues? With a lot of everyone's decisions during this time, fake or real news, like social media. I mean, what what are your thoughts on? Because now protest, one thing happened, this that, like everything is on camera. Shit's kind of everywhere. It's- I, I take I take I, I take I take from Will Smith. Will Smith said it best. It's just not happening more. It's just being recorded. Right. And everybody's a news reporter now, right? Do I think people have uh, certain agendas and viewpoints? Yeah. But do I think the media is out to create this? Why? No, because here's the problem. And I hate to break it to people. This is the society we live in. Everybody is a snitch. There's a whistleblower. There's a tattleteller. There's somebody, and there's nothing wrong with that. If something is wrong, Edward Snowden, he saw it. But look at him. He's cast out as a criminal because he leaked some shit that he probably, you know, he said, whatever. That's just my personal opinion. Do I think the media? No, because here's the problem. If they don't report it, we don't see it. We can still, it's us up to us to decipher the information. Whenever I get an article or I see some stuff on CNN, I go to Fox News to see the alternate viewpoint of it. Then I go on Yahoo to see if they wrote an article. So I try to get three or four different articles to see what the facts are. What the opinion is, because whoever's writing that article is based off their opinion. If I write an article, it's going to be based off my experience. Well, I got pulled over from the cops one time for 12 times for driving a a baby blue Bentley, and they pulled me over 12 times with no tickets. So maybe that guy got pulled over for no reason. From my own personal perspective, it's going to be put. That's just human nature. We keep wanting we keep wanting people to be greater than what we are. We hold other people to higher standards than we hold ourselves. How that how that is. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a good, that's an interesting way to view it. Yeah, it's a, I like how you word that. Um, I do want to, I do want to ask quickly about poker, just just for fun, because that's my poker. My only poker story is this: I learned how to play poker on Tuesday. I went with with John Roush to learn how to play poker. I went to learn how to play poker on Tuesday. I learned how to bet it on Wednesday. I won the tournament at Ocean's Eleven on Thursday, with Jerry Bustles in the tournament. Rest in peace. Okay, John Roush is my witness. He can he'll testify to that. They said I've never never seen nobody as lucky as me. I took eight hundred dollars. Ask them a loose. Anything I say, you can verify from anybody. I took eight hundred dollars. I brought a thousand dollars from Gavin. I was I didn't work for nobody. Everybody never forget. Everybody forgets this point. I never worked for the Palms until later. I worked directly for the Maloose. so I was allowed to gamble at the hotel. People are like, oh, he's gambling to get other people gambling. Oh, no, nah, a roulette. Didn't you run up and crap roulette? Everything, everything I touch. They used to call me Keep Might Midas, homie. Midas touch. Everything I do, I'm playing dice in my neighborhood today. Still tapping them. <laughs> I took eight hundred dollars. I brought a thousand dollars from Gavin. Spent two hundred dollars to go play wingman for him. That didn't work out. Take eight hundred dollars. I'm at the Rio. Hit the Rio. Why the real man? That's the that's what we were. We were that's what that bro back in the day. I forgot what the restaurant was. We was there at the we was there eating at the restaurant. So one of them restaurants, whoever's back in the day was the hot spot. So Italian. I'm at the real Italian. Damn, we used to like the dice there because we used to get sweets there and shit. Wherever our, our favorite host was, we, we used to follow whoever the host was. The host, so there. you gotta have a good host. John, so I, go, I go to Rio, I hit the Rio for like 14,000. 
Now I take for granted, I'm I'm living life. I'm like, damn, I'm about to take my homies to Cabo. We about to go on vacation. I've been working. Before. I'm about to go. We about to go to Cabo. I'm ch- I'm chill. We good. We good. I said, man, man, woo woo. Me, me, I'm going to light tonight. We're going to go to light. Give me a table. We about to go to light. Turn up. I said, all right, cool. Everybody, they go to meet me alive at the Bellagio. I, hit, I turned that 14. I flipped that into 30. Now I'm up. I'm like, damn. I'm about to get keep 15. I'm going to tell them to come take my people out. I'm gonna get 15 to my mama. You know, we're gonna put that away rainy day, you know, you know, chilling. How's your mom? How's your mom and your aunt? I remember going out in, in 08 and uh going out and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mama's good. My aunt passed away from cancer, but it's all good. She, you know, fresh to death though. That's when my mom remember when my mom pulled that taser gun out? Yeah, I, I remember vividly the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was we, fun, man. We went out with the family, had a good we thugs, I always kept my family around me, always. We thugs around here. Yeah, man, I, mean, I know that that's uh you're in you you still you go out like is your how how involved is it your mom? She's around like she's she, five minutes away, we still hang she's over here yesterday. I had to get I had to get get on her. Awesome. Um sorry to interrupt the story. So then I go to Bellagio, I go to light, they take care of me, I'm out there popping, everything's great. I'm like, we're gonna go to Dre's after this. So I go to Dre's, I get a table downstairs. All my people go downstairs, I pay for the table. But I'm upstairs playing cards. So I pay for the table, it was like 2500 They used to give me a deal, like, ah, whatever it was. I pay for the table, I'm upstairs, I, I, I get that money back, get a little bit. So I got like 35 40 I used to live at the Palms, because I had got death threats for 86 and this person forgot. So I was getting death threats, so I lived at the Palms. I went. To, I lived at 17201 for three years. And not the I, I, I lived at the Palms place later when they got the condo. This is before the condos. I lived in the I lived in the junior uh, corner suite in the fantasy tower, seventeen two hundred one for three years. Hotel like before people knew hotel. I had security at the front because you couldn't get in the elevator without the hotel security. I had room service, housekeeping, and that seventeen two hundred one three years. What a guy! That's awesome. So I'm going back into the casino. I got this forty racks on me. I said, shit, we about to win. I said, man, I ain't, I'm still, you know, I'm just leaving Dre, so I'm lit, lit, lit. I walk into the table, and it's like it's like God put a light. <laughs> light the table up. <laughs> so I go to the table, and I'm just having a drink. I'm not even gambling. Crazy. I just pull out two, three thousand, you know, because it's the loose place. I felt bad, you know, but I was just, I would literally find it. Just a little taste. You didn't want to take. Well, no, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to go crazy. I was like, guys, want to play? I was. I wasn't tired. I was drunk. Had a couple people with me. We shooting dice, having fun. Next thing you know, I get on a run. I got two security guards behind me, and I didn't know. I knew, but I didn't pay attention. Anytime you went over a hundred thousand dollars, they have to call them a loose to to say what's going on because we weren't a big hotel like the MGM. You know, that's big action for us. Yeah, I mean, we'd have million dollar players, whatever. But if you won over a hundred. They would alert. They would alert them loose. So they called George. And George was like, ah, don't. That's Gavin. That's Joe and Gavin's. Call Gavin. Gavin didn't wake up before eleven or twelve, right? That like that's when he woke up, and he didn't really get moving until about one. Okay. okay? This is ten thirty in the morning. I'm still going from fucking drinks. He walks into. They call him. They wake him up. They call him the casino, and they're thinking like Gavin's gonna fire me. He's he's pissed. They're gonna they're they're gonna get me in trouble. Right. He's fucking, AJ's fucking gambling. He's taking advantage of the Maloose. Look, where'd he get this money? He's stealing from the Maloose. Fuck, I'm fucking on. He just, he's watching me. I'm t- sex. I got $147,000 in front of me. $147,000 from $800,000. I swear to God. Bam! Bam! I'm hitting. Gavin walks up. 
and he looks at me, and I'm, he could just tell him, you're in it, you're in it. He goes, what the fuck did you do? I go, I go, well, I go, I went to Rio, and I, uh, you know, you're you, uh, he's like, he's like, come on, go to the cage, get out of here, get the money, I can't touch it, I can't touch it, this is gaming, I can't touch the, you get your money, you grab it. So I grab the money, get the chips, I'm running to the cage, I'm thinking I'm in trouble. He's like, all right, I'm gonna get you a plane, call Mona right now. So he didn't even call, he's like, I'm still working, call Mona right now. Get a look, get you a little 35. Let's go ahead and get you a small plane and, and take this money home and give it to your mom. Give it to your mom. I want you to put it away. I don't, I don't want you ever to gamble again. You're never ever gonna win like this. I don't want you, I don't, I don't want this for you. So I get the money. So they say, How you want this money, sir? I said, I want it in hundreds, fifties, twenties. You know, I you know, I'm still hood rich. Right, you know, I, I was making money, but I wasn't making like, you know, I was just the assistant. Yeah. I'm making money. Oh, this is a nice. This is an 800 at 140, and is a that's a good, yeah. Nice. So I'm like, so I'm like, woo woo. So that, so I get the plane, I get my stuff, I, I put my do not disturb on my room. Somebody goes in my room, I fly home. I got this money. I'm still kind of, you know, I take a nap on the plane, but I'm still kind of disheveled. I go into my mom's house. I give her the money. She goes absolutely fucking nuts. What? Where'd you get this money? I don't want this money in my house. They're going to come and rob me thinking you put this money in my house. Get this money out my house. I don't want this in my house. So I'm like, oh, the fuck? Where do I go? You were, so, you were expecting you were expecting hugs and tears. And man, I'm thinking, man, I'm like, man, we about to, about, to, about to go get you, know, about to hunt So I called my friend, my friend, who at that time, I think his parents were falling. They end up stealing from me. But I end up, so I get the money, I take the money, and I, I give it to them to hold on for me, right? So I'm there like four or five days. The weekend, the next weekend is coming up. And they literally didn't let me work for that week. Because I'm like, bro, I'm like, if you're not going to work, like, I'm not going to just sit here at home. Like, I'm coming back to Vegas. Like, that's where I live at. So I bring some money out with me. I leave the money behind. I've got like five grand with me. I take $1,100 and I hit them for, at the Palms in the Bellagio, I hit them for another 115000 Wait, uh, but at, playing at the Palms and Bellagio? The very, the very he just sent you home to not gamble again, JJ. What's wrong? The very, the very next weekend, the very, the, the very next weekend, hand to go. Keep they you till this day. You ask Gavin. Besides the hour, hour and a half roll, he was on the Bellagio. You ask Gavin and Joe, what was the luckiest streak they've ever seen in Las Vegas? They lived in Las Vegas for thirty years. They'll say my two year run. Wow. Wow, that's 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 pretty. That's that is uh, that is some serious stuff. I've seen runs, but it's hard to take less than a thousand to six figures, no matter what what you're doing or how you're doing. I seen Gavin do it a couple times. Damn, that's that's nice. I hope they were betting with you. I hope there were some people on the table. Sometimes we had some people get some money. But I had one friend, Nako. I lost like forty. I lost like forty racks at the win. You know how they did that? Put put them in the bathroom. I said I said that. I said you got to gossip them all the way back to Orange County. So God damn, you came into town, you put the wax on me. Wham, I shipped his ass out to Orange County. That's it. He had to go home. He couldn't even just go leave the casino. You sent him on a plane. Back to California, dog. You put the state, you put the energy on the whole Listen, energy is powerful. That's not a it's not a joke. All right. Well, uh poker, I played poker with you at your house in OC for fun. I don't know if Hook was with me or what, but shout out to Hook, man. He was fired up. He actually messaged sure. me like JJ's my dude. He was like, I'm 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 happy. I wanna I'm gonna have to watch this. He was he was checking in. He's doing great. So he's uh Yeah, that's my homie hook. He's a good dude, man. He's he's done very well, had a good good few years and and yeah, he's got he's got a 
two kids now. I got a, I got a 14 month old son now. What, what about you, JJ? What's the family? You're 38. You got, you, you got to put a mini JJ out there. We got to put, we got to get the DNA, keep it going. What's happening? Are, 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 are you got anything in, in the queue? I took full, I took full custody of my nephew. I just got him. I had him for a few, off and on for a few years, but I just had him for the last, last four years. I just got him into college. I, I I'm, I'm on break right now. I'm on, yeah. I'm on as soon as I got, I got, I got you, took, you took some, those years aren't easy either. The, the, adult, the, the high school, like, adult, you know, middle school. I mean, that, talk about, I feel like, I feel like I graduated high school. Okay. I had to, the first, the first year I had to play the warden because we had to, we had to change bad habits and we had to, we had to let them know that I wasn't fucking around. So I had to change my life schedule, my work schedule to let them know I could pop up at the school anytime. We're not playing around. This You're here for schoolwork. And to yeah. do good, I put him in football. I was like PTA soccer dad. I was I was all up in the video, all up in the thing. And then what I realized is, when you're raising your kid, you also have to help help others. Right. There's other kids around him who were struggling, who needed who needed guidance and needed some stuff. So it wasn't just you know it, it hit by him coming here. He changed a lot. Of, he changed my life, and he changed a lot of other people's lives too. My so, uh, off the tables on the on the and the youth you had to put the youth and get them back and check Man, i had I, I was like a drill star every time i walk around with your gpa me what is going on with kids in that 13 to 18 what is happening social media instagram these things are kids learning are they in school are they just playing video games uh, or it's, it's social media because all they all, all the kids do what's all, happening you got a lot of you got a lot of cappers a lot of people that be lying on social media and all they do is tell the wins they don't tell the negatives they don't tell the the the, the, the stuff that got them there Right. They don't tell them that, that they just didn't start off making a hundred thousand dollars by fucking doing fifty ads. <laughs> they, don't, they don't tell them that you know, hey, I, I did work in a restaurant while I was doing this. I did struggle. I was homeless. I did. They're, they're, you don't. You don't. You don't see the authenticity. Why do you think Cardi B is winning? Anybody ever think that they try to cancel her two, three times? Why do you think Cardi B wins? Authentic of who she is, no matter what you say about her. Yeah, that what she goes. Yeah, I was a stripper. I was a dancer. But now look at me. Now what do you guys say? Because she shows her neck, she shows her losses, she shows her court cases, and I think that needs to be more, more uh, relevant than blaming the media. Like we have to, we as a society have to show what it's. It, there's hard work and dedication. Don't nobody just overnight be a success. You don't just overnight. Look at the shit. Look at the fucking paths I had to fucking take to get to where I'm at. Yeah. Right. I, and I'm still and I'm still fighting. I ain't done. I ain't done yet. Yeah, the I want to say that too with guy people that you see, you know, Joe Rogan, hundred million. These guys built like he's got to put in ten years the, building the craft, working at whatever you're doing. Michael Jordan, Joe Rogan, he, Joe, Joe Rogan was rich before that, but he just got that hundred million. But it took him years. But, but that's the thing. It's like all these the people that you see, uh, and a lot of people you're getting to, you know, you've dealt with and became friends with over the years. That you know, that's the thing. You're in Vegas. You got guys coming in or, or well-known, successful people, the top of their craft, music, athletics, actors, celebrity, whatever. It's like the same thing. Like exactly like you said, this isn't just like they, they wake up and it's like, what they, they went through it. They went through the, the, the grind, man. You're just right. catching part of the, the success, but you don't really get to see it. So I think that's, that's probably also an advantage. I would think that you get to talk to people. You get to kind of see what works, how, you know, the Maloose get to understand how they built and did their, their, their thing. Like, right. You're, you're getting to kind of get, resist like rub off on people and understand what makes them successful because it's it isn't just uh it is hard work i mean when it comes down to it, it's people that are motivated dedicated hard work do the right things day in day out you have to because if, if not you know things don't work so 
it's uh, it's exciting. What business projects are you on, or what ventures? I know you got the the melon, the hat. You sent us some nice custom stuff. Why you got some? Yeah, uh, right there. Just had to got to throw it out there. What other what products and projects are you excited about in the moment that you that are coming up or that you're involved with in some capacity? Um, I I, I focus on so I just I, I, after after helping the Maloofs bring the hockey team to Las Vegas. That was my last project with them. Was tell, them tell me about that too. That's super interesting. I almost won the whole thing like the first year, which is just insane. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it's like a, it's like a Disney movie, bro. When right. First they, started when Gavin, when, Ver, when Gavin first came up with the idea, everybody thought he was crazy. He literally had just sold the team, and three days later, he goes, "I'm gonna bring hockey to Las Vegas." He saw that they were because he was as soon as he sold the team, the, the, the Kings, he was like, "I gotta do something else." And he started putting the idea he was gonna do he was gonna bring hockey to Las Vegas, and everybody thought he was crazy except for Joe. And then Joe, then it was Joe, and then they brought on, uh, they had Tony Quancy, uh, Bill Foley, and Peter Sadowski, me and this guy, Kevin Kaplan. And, you know, we were the, the, the horsemen of Armageddon selling hockey, selling hockey tickets in the desert. And the league told us we had to sell 15,000 tickets, and, and one person can only buy six tickets. They had to live within 30 miles, within 30 miles of the arena. And oh. we went out there to every, to every, and if the casino bought tickets, it didn't count. I mean, it was all kind of crazy stuff. And, and that, when you break and, it down like that, because how with the average per person, probably most people aren't buying six anyway, and they, they, they don't want to have that. The Maloof say some guys are like, oh, I'll buy five thousand, I'll buy five. Like it doesn't work. Yeah. So you, that makes sense to have those parameters. So they, so was yeah. that struggled? Was that was that like all right, we're going to easily get that, or was that like wow? And they said that fifteen thousand six max. Or was it like wow, this is going to be difficult? Uh, no, we knew it was going to be hard work, and we 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 did it, man. We created the Las Vegas seventy five founding seventy five, where we made everybody a founding member, and then literally we went out to every place that we can go. We went to um, we went to nightclubs, strip clubs, senior citizen events. I was at the Italian American Association eating dinner with with senior citizens, and we had the blast of the time. They were giving me sambuca, and we were selling tip. I mean, if you we went to anywhere we could go to to get, to get an audience, but we had already been, see, that's what people don't understand. That wasn't an overnight thing. That was years of relationships. So when I called Jesse Waits and go, hey, Jen, I got, we're, we're bringing hockey. I was like, I need to pitch to, you, to all your employees. No problem, JJ, come in front of here and, and, and do it. Hey, vi- hey, hey, Brian Afronte, Victor, I got it. I'm, I'm selling hockey tickets. Woo-woo. No problem, JJ, come over here. Come over here and do this. Alex Cordova, Hakkasan Group. We, I'm, I, I'm bringing hockey to Las Vegas. No problem, JJ. Those were years of relationships to go and be able to pitch something to a whole company and get people. And, and then we were signing people up right there off of iPad. Man, here's your reserve. Here's your thing. What tickets you want? And then, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the, the tragedy of the, at the country festival and all the stuff that made that season, you know, that, that made that season was, was crazy. And, and, and it's just, you know, it was, it was a magical moment and being part of that was, you know, forever, forever history. And, you know, you know, the, we call it the Maloof magic, man. Every, every team that they've ever owned is, made the playoffs and, and, and did some crazy stuff. You know, people don't realize that, you know, they owned the Houston Rockets back in the day when they went against the Boston Celtics and were the underdog. And, you know, when their father passed away, they were 25 and 24 and they owned the Houston Rockets and then they ended up on the Sacramento Kings and then they owned the Golden Knights. I mean, they, they owned four or five teams. They were, you know, they were going to buy the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they're, they're, they've owned four or five teams have been in sports their whole, their whole lives. So it wasn't just like an overnight thing. They knew, they knew the formula to help get that hockey team in Las Vegas. And now now look what that opened the door for. Football. Now what else what, 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 what are they were talking about? Soccer. Baseball. Basketball. 
Is it? I gotta believe guys like the Maloofs, guys are able to because this is uh doing casinos, doing mega things like this, sports franchises. Like this stuff is not. You gotta have the right team. You gotta have the right. You gotta have the right drive. You gotta have a lot has to go right. This is not simple stuff to build and make successful. And it's big, big risk, big undertakings. You know, is that something that? What do you think makes the Maloofs so able to? What have you seen from them? That, that they're so successful. What what is the driving force uh, that makes them able to pull off such such uh, remarkable things? Thinking outside the box, not being not being stuck in a corporate a corporate mold, right? Not being uh, you know, Joe Maloof was on, landing from his private plane and he sees a skateboard and he sees a skateboard kid and he wants to inquire about skateboarding and then creates the Maloof Money Cup because he saw a kid and he started off as a skateboard camp and he flipped it into the Maloof Money Cup which helped propel skateboarding. You know, we did events in, in Orange County, Washington, D.C., and, you know, it, it, Joe Maloof created that, right? So you can't, you can't uh, think outside the box, you know? When, they, when everybody else is thinking, like, how do they do something, they're thinking, like, well, why not put the real-world TV show at our hotel? Why not? Another hotel, another hotel wanted to do that because they didn't want to give them a block of rooms. They were turned down by three other hotels. Right. That, yeah. it's, it's like you said, the lollipop video too. You got to, you got to f- see it, feel it, believe it, and then have trust and have people. Cause those are big, like, you know, you're talking about, you're saying you're willing to risk your whole relate. Like, you know, that you see the power, the potential, and you believe in your gut that something is right. And you, and you're able to, it's like, you're able to see ahead, like look ahead, what that means. What are the real risks? What is the up, what's the upside and what does this provide? What does this do? And, and you got to have people that are visionaries and are able to, to execute because a lot of people have ideas. A lot of people want to do uh, like this or like, let's try that. But like you, to, to follow through, it's not easy. You got to have quality people that can execute. And, 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 people have to, and people have to believe in you. I mean, look at the, look at the Floyd Mayweather deal I did, I did with the tickets. Did it, did it work out all the way? No, but I was out there hustling though. Right. I was the first one to get the tickets. I put the picture up me on the private plane with all the Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao tickets. And 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 uh you had to go through me to get floor seats and I was selling floor seats for like seventy five grand a ticket. <laughs> and, and and driving around in the blue McLaren picking up cash, had a half a million on me. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. It's exciting to be. I mean, you really, for sure. There's no doubt. Like I said, I, I, I was looking forward to this. I, I know your energy is your energy is infectious. I really believe you're one of the. You know, I just happy our our paths have crossed. I mean, 12 years now. We've we've been. Uh, you know, we haven't kept in the last year or two. Haven't been as much touch as I like. You got it. You're gonna have to come check me on the East Coast. I want to come. I will. Florida's a little rough. I, I like Florida though. You know, I'm, I'm mostly, but I, I do. I go back and forth. My wife's Brazilian. You're always welcome anytime. You got to meet my Ooh. little. Let's wait, let's wait till this Rona die down. I'll come out there and check y'all out. Yeah, we'll get, we'll make a nice, we'll, we'll figure it somewhere. We'll meet up somewhere. We'll do something. It's, it's good. JJ, there are a lot of questions for you. This is, I was, I wasn't sure how to respond. Cause again, my, my podcast is poker dominated, but we do, we step outside. That's why we started Jeff Gross podcast. I don't want to be Jeff Gross poker and only do poker. I love interesting people, interesting, uh, successful you know, passion. I, what my podcast is geared for is maybe spark something, whether it's a chef or doesn't hey. matter. Anyone who's done well and risen and driven, I want to talk to them and maybe it'll spark something in someone's life out there to do something or be passionate and follow. Hey. I think you embody that. I do want to take some time here because I want to, I want to go through some questions before we, we end. Uh, I want to go through and just kind of rattle through some. We got a lot of Twitter questions. I know you're an Instagram guy, but we got yeah. a, lot, a lot of Twitter 
Twitter remarks. Can we take some of these? Yeah. All right. First off, uh, any free content you could recommend for all the things above on your banner when all the things above we're referencing entrepreneur, mentor, life coach, peopleologist, marketing guru. We've covered a lot of this. Can you touch on peopleologist first? What is that? I mean, it sort of makes sense. It, it, it peopleologist. So I, 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 you know, I, I study people, man. I've been around people my whole life, all, t- all types of different groups of people, color, background, political background, ethnic, everything. Dog. Like I said, I, I grew up in the suburbs. I lived in the hood. I lived in the South. And I, everywhere I went, I got along with people, right? So I'm a peopleologist because somebody can tell me something and it has nothing to do with me. I'll remember it because somebody's like, like my friend called me the other day and he goes, hey, I need a director of food and beverage for my hotel. No problem. I know two, three people looking for a job right now. Mother little homie says, I got a dude that just left tech. You know anybody that wants a tech? Well, let me fill him out, send the resume, tell me what he likes. And then when somebody says, hey, you got a tech guy, Here's a guy that you might want to interview recommended by one of my friends, right? So I just, I, I, you know, it's like for me, it's like everybody that I've hung out with, that I've met, will tell you an individual personal experience that they've had with me. They're like, man, remember when we, you know, we went to Magic Mountain and we, you know, you got, it, you got us a private tour guide and you did this and this was the greatest time, greatest one. Yeah, because that's life. When you have individual moments and you actually care about what people are talking about, not just like the, you know. I'm bad with names, but I'm good with I'm good with faces, right? Like, damn, man, we was we was you know in, in Miami, and then you know you got us that boat. Yeah, no problem. I I would literally have people call me at like two o'clock in the morning. JJ, I'm stranded in New York. I'm like, no problem. Let me connect you with my people. I'm a peopleologist. Let me connect you with my people. I know I know y'all gonna get along. And I, my 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 it's like the Popovich coaching tree. Popovich at the top. He got his coaching tree of all his coaches that are everywhere else. That's like my friend tree. I've connected friends that have become friends that created friends that do, that are the best friends because they met through me. Like, damn, they're like, how would you know we was going to get along? Because y'all the same type people. Last weekend, my, my two little homies, I said, I'm going to introduce you to my other little homie because all y'all both like fitness, both y'all in the sports. That way I can pass y'all off so when y'all go out, y'all can go out and have a great time. Yeah. Right? People I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's, it's really, it is, uh, it's amazing how uh, that term, I've never heard it referred to like that. I mean, obviously it's not a word, but it, it word. is. Not a word. Not a I love it. I, 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 I absolutely love it. Um, someone says, what mountain is behind you? We got your picture here on Twitter. Where is that? Oh, that's all. I call that God's country. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's in a uh, back called Oki, Utah. My friend, Vinny Smith, uh, he used to let us use his houses and he had this house, he had this ranch called Riverbend Ranch. If you ever want to Google something, Google that. It's one of the best properties I've ever been on in my lifetime. And it had this river that ran through the backyard. And then he literally went out into the street and he went in the circle and he told the guys, like, I want to buy everything. I want to buy all the land that I can see. And he bought all the mountains and all the stuff. So me and uh, that trip was me and Mike Posner. Me and Posner went up to the house and Posner was playing his guitar. It was like uh, MTV Music in High Places and our other homeboy, Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff Holmes. And we went out there and it was just like, that was just, I felt like I was being blessed by God, bro. It was, it was silence. We took the ATV to the top of the hill. There was nothing out there, but background. I was like, oh man, this is, this is what life is about. Um, that that is that is a beautiful photo. I mean, that's uh, that's very cool. I've never heard of that part of Utah, so that's uh, that's okay. It's like 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 forty five minutes past uh, Park City. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, what about sports? Do you you, you you say you play in a basketball pickup league? You, you did you yeah, lifetime lifetime league? We did, we did sixteen time champs. They be hating sixteen. <laughs> anything we do, like I, I tell people, I'm not great at anything, but I'm good at everything. You, 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 you mix it up, whatever. You, uh, I might just touch that. That makes sense. Uh, 
People say you golf. I said, no, I don't golf, but I'll drive you around and we have the best playlist for you. So you got to you gotta stick to what you know. Everybody be trying to do too much. You golf? No, I don't golf, but I'll drive you around, have the best playlist, and have, and have, the, have the coldest drink with you, though. Good time. Hey, no golf at all? You never swung? We even tried? Just I play charity tournaments. I, I put a bunch of ringers on my team to win the charity tournaments just so I could talk shit. And then people get more people get more obsessed with me, the golfer that don't play, than they do with actually trying to than the people that are winning. Uh, I love it. How would you describe yourself? This is interesting. Pig nine six now. How, if JJ is talking to someone, how what? Who is JJ? Give me, give me like a, a quick. What do you describe yourself? Uh, crazy, passionate, loyal, um, understanding. I understand most of that. That's beautiful. I like that. There's not much crazy. Though. Don't forget the crazy part. I'm still fifty one fifty though. <laughs> still, I'll still, still go fifty one fifty. Um, best ideas to keep positive attitude when things don't go your way. Things aren't, things don't work out. Something like, how, how do you say like, you know what? It's going to be okay. We'll turn this around. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a jewel. You ready? Pay attention. Think of the worst thing you went through in your life. The worst. You made it through that, right? So it means you can make it through anything. I think of some of the worst shit. I mean, I was homeless. Me and my mom were in domestic violence, women's shelter, human options. I think of some of the worst shit that I went through. Where am I at? And I think, I think if you think about that, and you always have to appreciate, man, God giveth and God taketh away. And if you look at where you're at and where you could be and where others are going through, it's like, I don't have it, I don't have it that bad. And that's for everybody. Even if I wasn't living like a, a good life, even when I was like, even like the Maloose guy, I was like, man, everybody, oh, what is it like? You got to go pick up Joe's dog shit. Well, I'm getting paid. I'm having fun. I can fly in private, you know, living life. I can, you know, I've got a house. I'm sitting courtside at a basketball game. When I was working at TGI Fridays, before any of this, I was the best buster, happiest buster that anybody's ever seen. Because I always believe no matter what you do in life, I tell kids all the time, you might not be a basketball player, you might not be, but if you go be a registered nurse, you can go make $150,000, $200,000 a year. You can go be a sports therapist, make $150,000, $200,000 a year. You have to have passion and be happy with yourself. In order for you to, in order for you to be, my slogan is stay blessed and then bless others. You got to be blessed yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. Sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back. Man, you did, you did, you did good on that. Because other people won't do it, and you can't expect right. that from people. I don't. The problem. I don't expect nothing from nobody. If something does, somebody does something does something good. I'm like, damn, that was fun. That's dope, man. I appreciate you. If they do something bad, all right, you know, not not everybody, not everybody's perfect. You know, we it, it is what it is. You know, it's it, it's, it's life, dog. Like I said, it's the, it's the game called life. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think you're, it's like, you're always on interview as well. Like, and not, and from a perspective of do your best, right? Like be good to people, just be good. You don't really know who or what, who anyone is. It shouldn't matter. Right. Like whether, you know, like the, the statement you said, that'll be the, I want to use that clip for, for the thing is about what Gavin was telling you about. I want to see how people treat you. And it's just like, yeah. that's how I, and I can see that's instilled in you. And I like to think the same of myself. You know, I like to treat people no matter what, well, because that's also you, it's, it's a ripple effect. You treat someone on the street, you know, what you don't have to give someone as asked for money. You don't have to give money, but say, Hey, you know, bless you. I walk into my name. store at Gelson's. I know most of the people that work there. Right. Before this is before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on, Heidi? How you doing? You good? Hey, what's going on, Ben? Everything cool? How's the store doing? Woo-woo. I genuinely talk to people. Right. Sometimes, yeah. That's why I said we, we go through some stuff. Bad day or you don't know what's going on and you could yeah. change the somebody's day when you tell them that they're doing hey you having a man hey i hope you have a good day today what really you care like yeah that's yeah. not uh, yeah yeah think about that not everybody's going not everybody's having a great day not everybody has a friend that they can talk to 
You see what I'm saying? That's why they said, like, you know, you see those things on post the suicide hotline and stuff like that. People need somebody to talk to sometimes, dog. People call my phone just to vent. Now I'll just be listening. All right, hey, I might not know what you're going through, but I understand, my brother, my sister, you, and, and that's for everybody. We all go through the same shit. Everybody has problems. Right. Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. Had problems. Yeah, it's divorced, whatever. It's just not thirty perfect. billion not- now. Did that thirty billion affect him? Probably not. But they still had to go through the stress of being all in the public and all in the media, winning people talk about your business and shit. That, that's the richest man in the world, and he got problems. So what you think we not gonna have problems? Right. Everybody yeah. got some shit. We all got to deal with shit. I'll say this: I did an emotional intelligence course uh, in the in in Vegas. Actually, one yeah. of the best things I ever did, but. That is like, when, excuse me, when you get some of these environments and. Damn, I, I've been sick and I ain't coughed. I just had, I just had the I test. Damn, I ain't coughed one time. They told me, and I've been sick. I, I'm good. We're good. That was, I just don't, don't worry. We're good. But I was saying when you doing this course, I, I learned and it gave me a perspective because it literally rich, poor in the middle, every ethnicity, you hear the stuff people are talking about and you're just like, man. Everyone has got something. It doesn't matter. They were this. They got abused. They got this. They got the bad parent. They were left. Their mom died when they were four. They got, you know, they, they, they were like everyone has directly or indirectly. It's like, yeah, everyone's not. Everyone does not just have a life where shit's just good all the time. Like stuff happens, man. It's just like people that you think are living the best lives often sometimes got the worst shit. Mm-hmm. They just don't have nobody to share it with, dog. Gavin Maloof used to say, you know, 90% of the world don't care about your problems. The other 10% are glad you have them. Say that one more time. 90% of the people don't care about your problems. And the other 10% are glad you have them. Wow. That's interesting. That Whatever the concoction of that percentage really is, that's that's interesting. It's basically no one cares. Or like people really, are, you know, whatever it is, it's, you're right. Uh, wow. I like that. Um, what are... Someone said, what's the biggest dreams you hope to accomplish that you haven't already? What, what's the future? What are, you, what are you looking for in the future? I'm going to do a TV show in my life. I ain't going to be snitching, though. But my vague, my vague, my, my, I've seen some shit. I've seen some shit when people be like, damn, damn. That was, I was like, man, oh, I was there. <laughs> that, you know, it's like you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't make this shit up if you did. I mean, I got some stories where you'd be like, Damn, and it's just funny. Like it could be a comedy, it could be whatever. But I don't want. I'm not snitching on nobody. It could be like no tell or no bullshit like that. But this is gonna be like funny shit. Like like we were at Warwick one time, and it's me. And just tell me, I know if you got a weak stomach, don't listen. It's me, Chuck Liddell, Michael Bay, Heidi Liddell. Me, Chuck Liddell, Heidi Heidi Liddell. Uh, we're at Warwick with Eli, and and Bear, and I got a strong sense of smell. My senses is crazy. I feel like a, a like a superhero. I can hear everything. I got bar ears. I hear everything. Nose, smell everything. So I'm like, damn, I'm sitting here, and the waitress pour me a drink. I said, damn, I said, damn. I said y'all smell that? They said, no. Nah. I said, man, something, something smell. So the waitress like, oh, I do smell, but I don't know what thought. It's nothing. So sometimes you think it's the cups because they wash the cups funny. So you know, sometimes you got to check the, the, the club cups. Right. You got some experience. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, damn, I'm like, you know, you turn around, you're like, fuck, wait, wait, hold on. No, that, that ain't me. I said, damn. So what, y'all don't smell that? I, I hit bear. Did you fart? No, nah, nah, nah. I turn around 
I look, it's this girl in this white dress, and she has shit coming down her legs and out her thing. No, no. I have a weak stomach. Okay, okay, hold on. So I'm like, oh man. She was drunk. All of a sudden, you see her run. You see her running towards the bathroom, right? Like you don't know from you know. God bless her. So who knows? We all have problems, right? She runs towards the bathroom. So I'm, but you smell it. So it's everywhere, right? All of a sudden, the buster is coming over, like to clean up over here. He kicks a nug, and it comes towards our table. I start throwing up. And me all in the fireplace. I'm just, go, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I know that. Chuck Bell sees me throwing up. He starts throwing up. So now he's throwing up. No. I'm throwing up. He's throwing up. Then somebody at the other table. So you got like, now there's four people throwing up. There's people <laughs> running in the club like like somebody dropped the ball, right? We get out the stuff. We get out. The, we, we run out of there. They're cleaning up the stuff, whatever. And, and Michael Bay looks at Chuck Bell and goes, Chuck, you start throwing up. He's like, I would think with like you fighting and all that kind of stuff, you've been around all kind of stuff. He's like, yeah. He's like, the, the, the shit didn't bother me. This is watching JJ throw up like how JJ threw up. He's like, I couldn't. He's like, that was fucking gross. And so he went at it. Oh, that, 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 you can't make no shit look like that. I can't. I can't. I can't. That. I mean, come on, man. That's this is that's that's a bad. I mean, that that's just all right. That would make the show. That's pretty. That's pretty. What happened? Happened? Girl? I mean, the girl. She she was drunk. How she started pooping in the club? We can get involved in all that. We don't know her like that. We don't get involved in all that. She ran to the bathroom. They was they was they felt bad for her. You know, our poor baby didn't have no underwear on. You no, know. but that, that you can't tell me that can't be in an episode of a show of the club scene. I don't know if that's allowed on TV, but I mean, it's, or, it's, or 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 I'm in the club. I'm in I'm in back in the day. I'm in club hobby or lobby, whatever shit that shit was called. I'm out there just bam doing my food. Wow, wow. And I see Ron Artest. So damn, matter world peace. Ron Artest at this time, little homie. All right. Yeah. So I said, damn, what's going on? I said, Ron. I said, what up, Ron? I said, my name is JJ. I, Cause you know, I introduced myself. JJ with the blues. He was suspended. JJ with the blues. He goes, what? I love the blues. I love the blues. Where they at? I said, well, I'm only here with Phil Maloof. Oh, you gotta introduce me. They gotta trade for me. I said, what? What? I said, Ooh, whoa, you won't get me in trouble. This guy, this tamper, I'm gonna get in trouble. I can't be. Right, let me introduce you real quick, though, because we in LA. Phil, I introduced Phil. I was like, hey, Phil, you know, Ron and Ted. He go, Phil, Phil, you got to trade for me. I, I love y'all. I love your family. Mama Maloof. Da, 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 da. It starts going crazy. I swear to God, I had to go. Man, this dude must have called me. I ain't going to get into it. More than once. I ain't going to get into it. I told Gavin. Gavin said, you can't be involved now. I said, I, I'm not doing nothing. He's calling me. <laughs> I, how am I going to get in trouble? He's calling I can tell the story now. He's calling me. I'm not, I'm not calling him. Look at them. Look at my phone. And we we're, we literally fly to Miami. He calling my phone. Bam, bam. He said, what do you think? I said, bro, I said, that dude is passionate. He said, well, well Petrie don't really know. I said, I don't, I don't know about none of that. I said, this dude is passionate. We got to get this dude. I said, he want to play. I said, this is the first time I ever seen somebody want to play for us like this. They said, oh, you're right. So they got all in the thing. You know, they got their little huddle. They did their little politics and they shit. Ron Artest got traded to the Sacramento Kings. When was this? When he got traded right after the fight, when he got off his suspension, we traded Ron Artest or like whatever, Page or whoever it was. You yeah. asked how asked long did he play? I don't remember him being on the Kings. He was on the Kings. He, he took us to our playoff run when we played when we played the Spurs. 
Actually, I'll test how he got how he got to, how he got to the Kings. I have mine. He'll be put him. To, I, I know you got his number. Yeah, Ron Ron. Him and his his, past, and his kids were the smartest kids ever. And his wife. And then he he one time he showed up to the to the to the he used to come to the games in the indie in the indie car. We went to we went to we went to Rutgers to go. I took we took the Maloose to Rutgers when Ron was playing there. He was riding his bike through the projects. Came and picked us up. We was playing Rutgers. They were throwing nutcrackers at us. We were drinking these nut. We had the Maloose lit. I had the loose in the hood. We was drinking nutcrackers, going crazy. Woo-woo. Then we had to go to the bathroom. So they take us in the bathroom. We're going up the staircase. I open up the door and they grab me. You can't go down that staircase. They're going to shoot you down that. They, they slanging down that way. Ron grabbed me and his people grabbed me, pulled me. We're going into the bathroom in there. Let me tell you what the Maloose do. The Maloose give $100 bills to everybody on that on that floor and to that, and to that lady that lived in their bathroom and everybody else we walked down to the stairs. They didn't have to do that. They ain't getting no publicity off of that. They didn't do it for the pub. They did that for the people. Yeah, they were nice enough to listen. So they said, "Here we go." I told you, I, I know. I'm sorry, I went the long way. I know we two hours in. I'm sorry, I apologize. We could do, we could do a, we could do a full thing on on just stories. I would love to do it. I, I know we, oh, I know no, you got. My life, is, my life is a movie, though. That's that's the statement. That's the one I wanted to hear. I couldn't my have you on here. Not, I know you're on here. Couldn't couldn't drop it. I had to hear that. My life is. We came from nothing. <laughs> Came from nothing, turn that shit into something. Man. My life is a movie. I, I I know that's true. I want to leave on one. Uh, we got people asking poker questions in the in the thing on the. Okay, well, no. I play poker. Poker two app. Poker. Uh, oh, I need to bring you in. You're you're, you're behind the poker two app. That, that's not even a functional app, man. That's what we do. We're games on. Unless you got something else, I got games too. And I've been. I, I, yeah, I, I play a little bit of poker. They don't. My, my friends don't like me though. My friends okay. hate me because I play. They say I play cards that you're not supposed to play, and then I always win on the river. A Midas. I might call you Midas from now on. Kamikaze. I, I come in. I just. I, and then you can't tell because I'll be stone faced at you. And you bring. You don't know. You just always see. And I'm always smiling anyway. So I might smile with a bad hand like this and bluff you out your game. You look, bet, I, look you dead in your eye. I, I'm not bringing you my home game. That's for sure. We for fun. We play for play chess. Listen, JJ. I want to leave with one. Question, because this and uh, the, before we we close out here, this was amazing. Two hours plus. We're, we've I I actually in knowing you, I learned some stuff from. I didn't understand so start of the journey and some some of these stories are amazing. I, every time I know you got stories for days. I want to ask last question here. Uh, what advice would you give someone starting their own business? But really, what more so? What advice would you give to someone that's sort of starting from scratch or just sort of feels lost and they want to go? Let's say they're passionate about X. What do you? What advice would you give to them to sort of start from 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 ground zero, from just from from nowhere to 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 to, to move forward? Be prepared to fail. Imagine the worst thing that can happen to you in that business, and then anything that happens better than that is a blessing and appreciate it. If you condition your mind to that, that's why I say whenever something's going on with me, I say, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Fuck, I'm gonna lose this deal. Fuck, I'm gonna lose this deal. And then if I lose the deal. I've already conditioned my mind where you don't get too high with the highs and get too low with the lows. Being an entrepreneur is, is rough. It is, it is, it is, it is not. Yeah, well, to, to touch on where you said highs and lows, you got to keep it down the center of the fairway. When you, when you hit a big bank, you get hot at the crash yeah. table. Yeah, keep yeah. it, keep it, keep it, keep it steady. When you go on a bad run or when something doesn't work out or it looks like a, a real big failure, you can't get too down and you got to try to stay balanced. I mean, I think yeah. that's, that's important. Yeah. So you don't, you know, and, and that, and that, I think that's the most important part. Don't get too down on yourself. Everybody will tell you what you can't do, right? You can't do this. You can't do that. But think about this. The guy who invented the pet rock made millions. 
Look at my business card. Go back down there. Go back down there. Speaking of that, go back down there. Go back down there. I don't know. Um, you got right, there, right there. Right there. You missed it. Right there. Right there. Left. Yes. Next to the shoes. My business That's card. Right. Ain't no, ain't no title. You couldn't put, you could put baby in the box. <laughs> Wasn't no title. That's the most powerful card you ever could get. <laughs> Wasn't no title. Fix anything. They call me the fixer. Fix anything. But yeah, but back. Right. Just, just be prepared. Got to be prepared. I, I, hey, I, luck, and, is one, luck is one preparation meets opportunity. I think that's and, one of the, and, and I and I tell people this: you, to be successful, your friends have to support you, right? If your if your friends if your friends and your network and your people don't support you, how do you want others to support you, right? So your friends, you know, when I when we launch hats, my friends first ones to buy. Man, we we sometimes we sell out, and my friends be like, damn, we grab as many as we could. I'm like, what about the people? They, 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 you gotta limit it, man. Like the sports ticket, six per person. You can't, you can't have someone clean it out. I mean, you can't. Man. I guess in the business, little, it, it, yeah. But I, and then when your business, when they, when your business is doing down, guess who's gonna be there? Your friend. When you build, when you, when you, when you build, when you build a solid foundation, nobody can't shake you. They can't. They, they've been trying to, they've been trying to knock me off the purse for years. Cocky little black dude, tell you they ain't taking shit from nobody, but they've been. Them haters, I, I always told them they lucky that God's ca- caught me at, at modest and he ain't let me hit rich, rich. Because if I hit the lotto for like 150, 200, I'm getting billboards all up and down the 405 and the 5 freeway with me sitting on the chair looking like this, smiling at my head. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I listen, I know, I already know. I know what you, you've had a, you've had an unbelievable road, a run where you're at, what you do. I already know. I told you we're going to link up. It's been a, it's been a crazy couple of years. I know we're going to link up on some project, something I got, I got some stuff in the works. I hope it's for the, I hope it's for Aquaman's return to the Olympics. Well, you know, that, I won't rule anything out. Nothing zero or a hundred. No! Yeah, nothing zero or a hundred. That could be, that could be. You got to bring back the Redeem team if you want to get them things. We're Aquaman and Shout out to Aquaman putting us together, PBL. If you want you want to go back to the Olympics, you want to be all up in Tokyo swimming? You need the Redeem I, team. I, it does know? feel, I, I mean, I was talking the other day. I was joking with them. I said, it just, you, were, you weren't going to be in Tokyo. You got another maybe year now. It looks like they push it back. It just, you still haven't missed the Olympics. Like, it, you still haven't missed one. It's not. Man, let's, let's get the band back together, dog. I'm ready. I'm ready to take over. I'm ready to take over Japan. He calls. I'm on the phone with him. He's on the he's on the treadmill. He's 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 got a six pack. He's six percent body fat. I'm like, what are you saying? Like, come on, man. What what's going? What are you doing? Like, you're ready. What, like, you could hit the butterfly. You could tax him for a medal. You could hit a relay. You're, you're ready for a butterfly. You don't think he could sort out a butterfly? Like, he, he could grab a medal. I, I think I think I you know I believe in him anyway. You know, but that's that's you know. There's guys that took off in Olympics that were like middle of the road Olympians. Not not that sounds ridiculous to say a great yeah. athlete, but that guy came back in Rio after Olympics off. He was like 40 and won the 50 to sprint a freestyle guy just scooped yeah. the gold. Like you don't think Mike could, could turn it up? Yeah. But, I'm all right, JJ, I, we're giving away a 55 dollar ticket courtesy of Party Poker. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you tell me when uh, if anyone who asked a question is eligible. We got a lot. There was about 70 questions. For, for the man, JJ, again, not a poker player by heart. He's got some ability in poker, but really just a man of life. You tell me when someone's going to get $55 ticket courtesy of you and Party Poker. Let me know when. When? Boom. Someone's about to win it. Courtesy. You just pulled it, uh, um, and that was the wrong link. Hold on. Hold on, JJ. Sometimes technology is not easy. We've had, we had, a, we had trouble today. I apologize for being late. JJ at a computer 
upstart, but really it was me. Uh, I, 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 I've been up since 6.30. That's a damn, that's a damn lie. You was late. No, no, I've taken full don't responsibility. Make me, don't, make me, don't make me share a screen. Nothing. I'm not I'm not doing <laughs> – no. this was a draw. Yeah. No, I, I'm saying I acknowledge my breakdown for okay. sure today. Okay. All right, okay. we're running it. We're rolling it. We're JJ, someone – I'm 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 full first one. Sammy Douglas one just won fifty five. Let's send him a message and and uh, he is he's got a ticket, man. That's that's so we got people helping people, JJ. Fifty five. Don't get give it to the Midas touch. Get send that man to the palms. Fifty five to a hundred. Actually, go to the Bellagio. Don't even hurt he, the palms. I, I hope he wins. I hope he turns that fifty five into five racks. I hope that five racks keeps him keeps him. <laughs> Keeps him going. I love it. All right, man. With well, JJ, listen, this was, this really was, it was amazing to catch up. I appreciate your time. I, I really do admire you. I think you are, you are what the world needs energy positivity. I know we're going to link up on one or more projects. We got to do a proper catch up. I want to talk to you about several things, but for the podcast sake, I appreciate that. Tell me any guests. Give me some, give me as a closing, give me like, you know, the who's who. Give me like three or four or five names of people that forget their athletic abilities anywhere from anyone that's been whatever. So who's some people you've come across that people may know of, like a household name of any capacity that's just like, they're just a blessed, like you, they got it. They're just like fun, energetic. Can you name, is there anyone that stands out? Give me a Machine gun, Ke- Machine gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. That motherfucker, wild, wild. That dude, that dude and his fans are wild, wild. They authentic. They like Green Bay Packer fans. They authentic and they and he and then that dude is all that dude is the truth. He live it like he he lives it like he tells it. He ain't got no got no fake got no faking bacon in him. That dude is that dude is that dude is that dude is legit. Wow, God. interesting. So, yeah, you, you know another person. Let's see, um, another person that's wild, wild. They got some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff that you don't that you don't know. Um, you know another person that would be good for you, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. That dude, that dude, he he go, he solid, he solid as they, he solid as they come though. Just one of those guys that just gets just gets it done, just all the way put together, just just Man. gets it done. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and, yeah. and I robbed. <laughs> you know, she want me to get it going. Uh, start a protest. I I, I right. know, I know, I know. You know, like I, it's is what you must. The things you've seen, the place, the stuff that's going on. I mean, from all the way that, yeah. There's the can't you just get some of the stuff. No evil, no evil, see no evil, little homie. I love that. I love that. I love that. JJ, JJ, we are, we are, you're going to be a repeat podcast guest for sure. This is number 73 in the books. You're the man. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time and we will be, we'll be back. We'll connect soon. And we got some, we'll do some things, man. We're going to, we're going to help the world. We're going to be in that positive. So I appreciate you very much. Give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, really where he keeps it up to date. We'll see him soon. Thanks again. And uh, cheers, man. Be safe. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.